Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This just in from the world of podcasting, the Greg Goldman Hour has surged to the top of the wrestling podcast charts, topping the most listens and downloads from Apple, Spotify, and Google. Breaking news, the Greg Goldman Hour has claimed the top spot on most downloaded sports podcasts. Another major milestone in the last tycoon-produced podcast, Meteoric Rise. In sports, this week at the New York Giants practice, tight end Evan Ingram was asked about the criticism of his team on the popular podcast, The Greg Goldman Hour. His response, fuck that guy. But Hoagie's cool, though. What's mine is Greg Goldman phenomenon. I think it's quite simple, really. People love to watch a guy who won't back down from an argument, no matter if their stance is emotionally driven, baseless, or contradictory. Parents around the country are raising concerns about the rising popularity of the Greg Goldman Hour, particularly with the level of swearing in the show. And of course, this is because children, much like adults, can't get enough of Greg. Welcome to World News Tonight. We'll start off with some of the biggest news in the entertainment world. As anticipated, this past week's Greg Goldman Hour is the most downloaded podcast of any genre in America. Most analysts agree that it's only a matter of time before the show takes home the Oberlin Award for Best Podcast here in a few weeks. Hello? Who the fuck is this? Hey, uh, Smack. It's Beaumont. From the Brain Buster Boys. What? God damn it. It's Beaumont. From the Brain Buster Boys. Nice fucking try, Mike. Yeah, 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 listen. If you don't want what happened to your brother to happen to you, I suggest you hang up right fucking now. I'm not Mikey. Jesus. Well, then who the hell are you? Brain Buster Boys. TNT Belt, Roy Rogers, Ghost of Dusty Rhodes, David Lynch. Oh, Jesus, you guys. Yeah, sorry, Mike's a non-acquaintance. Whatever. Hey, listen. Um, okay, I know you've said you like wrestling and wrestling podcasts. Partially. Some of them are all right, but the Jim Cornette experience almost ruined the entire genre for me. Okay. And, uh, I don't know. You seem like the type of person who's capable of Causing problems? Alright, alright, that's very true, but fuck you for saying that. Yeah, well, fuck you for... <sighs> I'm sorry. We've... I've... Just been a little bit out of shape since things are going south for our podcast, and I, like, download this meditation app to try and... Meditation? Well, you just do drugs, you pussy. It's basically the same thing. <laughs> you know, I'm legitimately considering it, man. Okay, so, wrestling podcasts and causing problems. Got anything going on this week? Eh, not shit except for, uh, you know, fishing for tuna, but, uh... I might need your help with something. Why should I help you? I'll pay you, and for everything else. You ever been to New York?
Let's do it. Boys, episode 40. Oh, wow. My wow. My name is Brett Jagger along with Boomerang. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. How's your corfee? A little cold. No, I mean not cold, like lukewarm. You know, like definitely the um the carafe or carafe that heats it up had uh had, had had turned off like I think an hour ago. So it's, it's a Sunday morning. We're uh, finishing up here. It's been a wild week and which weekend. That, which that's going to be us next week too, with uh, yeah. Dynamite being on Saturday but, again. Yes, which it, it, that doesn't bother me too much. I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is, is it uh? So is it going to be like this for a while because of hockey? I guess just these two weeks, and then Dynamite moves to TBS permanently in January. Oh yeah. wow. Okay, so we basically yeah. have these two weeks, then back to Wednesday, and then it's going to be on Wednesday. In, Correct. On TBS, It'll right? still be Wednesdays at eight, but I don't know exactly. It's sometime in January. Whenever they got the NHL rights, they announced it. So okay. <clears throat> yeah, just this two week kind of shift as we had for what I guess it was NBA playoffs. Not yeah. that long ago and now the nba season starting again shit but uh yeah uh so we're gonna start the show with our interview with rohit raju slash hakeem zane uh that we talked to him thursday afternoon this week uh just a great conversation we're gonna get right into that and then following that uh we're just gonna do a brief kind of dynamite well i guess it'd be rampage first interestingly enough rampage and dynamite just very brief recap we're not going to go match by match we're just going to kind of talk through the high points because uh rohit gave us an hour and uh i don't think we expected to necessarily go that long and it was wonderful and i'm sure we're gonna have to leave some fucking time for the greg goldman hour too yeah you know like definitely the interview i would uh classify that as a palate cleanser uh you know for, for kind of what we've been uh dealing with last week and uh you know with the greg thing uh i don't know um it's fine well it's fine you know and everything's been going so well you know maybe it's about time that something kind of uh goes wrong i mean you know yeah, uh you're you know, right like obviously you know it, it can't be smooth sailing forever even though we know that. Smooth, even though smooth sailing for him is you know getting in arguments with people and yeah. swearing a thousand yeah. times in 30 minutes but whatever well right. hey it felt good for us to get uh an interview in for i guess the first time in like 11 episodes mm-hmm. and he was a sheer delight and you can hear that right now with rohit raju slash hakim zain good deal and then all right yeah, uh, I know that was uh, that was a very fun one, and uh, I know we both got a kick out of him doing those impressions. Oh yeah, and kind of going from one to the other and to the other, and yeah, that he was just a, a hoot and well, uh, a great time. Well, he was talking about getting his YouTube channel going. I think there's no better way than to like put those on there. Yeah, like you know, I know so, I said he he should take that on stage, but I feel like you know um, that's great online content too. Like I think definitely. Uh, that would be stuff that would, I mean, I would retweet the shit out of that. Yeah. What did so. he call it? The row heatful eight or something the, like the, that? The, the, the row heatful, the row hateful eight. Yeah. Ro, yeah. Either row heatful or row hateful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah. Um, we're both big Tarantino heads here, but uh, 
yeah, that was just such a fun interview. And I think for us and where the show has been recently, like, you know, I can't speak for you, but certainly felt like some semblance of normalcy and mm-hmm. just kind of, I don't know, it was just a great conversation and has given me a lot of vitality over as we uh, oh, close out the oh, week. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he, he had a really good sense of humor, I thought. Uh, and we really kind of jived with him on that. So, no, I, it was all around a good time. And and I loved how he referenced you drinking the margaritas. And he's like, you weren't that bad. But then ripping on fans at, like, indie shows, like, did you see that Cody Rhodes match at AEW? Yeah. Like, that shit was fucking funny, man. Yeah, no, like, like like that that kind of honesty is really great especially yeah like a little indie show where it's like yo you know like there's not very much barrier between you and the fans the fans can no, just walk right up to not you. at all yeah yeah and impact yeah. has fans back now don't they I they do it's still pretty small but yeah they do and, um, and, and he i'll oh, go ahead oh does their daily show tour the or their weekly show their, their they house used show. they used to i'm not sure if they are now like i, I think they're stationed in nashville okay. and i think they're pretty much doing it at the same place but prior to covid they definitely did i mean it gotcha. wasn't as extensive but and unfortunately he did lose his triple threat match to uh el fantasmo got the w i actually it opened the show and i watched the whole damn show of impact the other day wow. while i was hung over after the jungle show we went to a concert together Thursday night, had a little fun. Um, I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this match. I like woke up kind of groggy and like was kind of working and had it on, but like it was enough to keep my attention and they've got their big pay-per-view bound for glory coming up next week. So shit, I might watch the show next week. And, uh, but yeah, just a great interview. And I loved how he did kind of talk us through, uh, the injury that his opponent had in that show, yeah. just kind of a unique perspective. For someone like me that's been a fan virtually my whole life, just to kind of hear the level of communication that happens in a situation like that was yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Who, who's his fight at Bound for Glory? So he, as of right now, doesn't have one since he didn't win that match. Right, yeah, that's that what was I was thinking. to get in. But there's like a 20-man battle royal at the show that I imagine he's probably going to be on because he yeah. kind of hinted at that, like, Without telling us who won the match, he's like, I'll find a way to get involved. So, yeah, I would guess he'll probably be in that. But, yeah, uh, yeah someone that, you know, definitely will keep an eye on from here on out and, you know, said that he would do the show again and we would love to have him. So, uh, yeah, thanks again, Rohit Hakeem, for the time. And we had such a blast. Yep. This is the Brain Buster, boys. We got a special interview for you guys today for our 40th episode. This is a gentleman we met at uh, Fourth Wall Wrestling in Milwaukee a couple months ago. Rohit Raju or Hakeem Zane. We'll get into the kind of two name things, but thanks for joining us. How you doing today, man? Fantastic. And let's, let's uh, I'll give you that intro. Um, the Jaw Jackin. Thursday night impact and his mother called him son because he shines like one mocha skinned manimal himself. Ravishing Rohit Raju. Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me, guys. Woo! Love it. Love it. Well, yeah, uh, I, sorry, go ahead. That's it. When I saw that promo, I only could draw one conclusion, and is that uh you are going to win the match. 
Uh, I mean, that's mm-hmm. the plan. That's tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, if this, does this air tonight or when does It'll this air? come out Sunday. So this okay. will, and we're talking about your match against yeah, El Fantasmo and Willie Mack yeah. to, yeah. in your quest to get back the X Division Championship and Impact. Yes. Yes. We're going to get into all that. Um, but just kind of wanted to start off with a bit of a unique question, because when we saw you at the show in Milwaukee, a uh, small indie show, small crowd, but it was a great time. It was Bo's first indie show experience. I know he had a blast, had about six margaritas. I was uh, a walking, talking margarita. Yeah. But <laughs> have kind of two questions for you here about that. The first one is from our friend High Five Tom. Um, who's a big proponent of indie wrestling in the Midwest. Uh, He goes to a ton of shows. And he asked, when we saw you at Fourth Wall Wrestling in Milwaukee, you were actually working face. How often do you get to do that? And can you tell us how you prepare differently for working face as opposed to heel? That was the first time that I can remember in years that I worked as a face. I, I try to stick to what I'm doing on TV. Uh-huh. So Rohit is a, you know, POS heel. That's what I try to stick to. So when they told me, hey, we kind of want you to work face, I was like, oh, my God, these people probably don't even know who I am. I mean, maybe some of them do, but I was like, what am I going to do? I haven't worked face in forever. So honestly, I just channeled in earlier vibes from my career, and I went out there and I kind of felt the crowd, and I, I tried to have this energy about me when I went out there, and I could feel it from people. And then when I got in the ring, I was like, okay, we're going to be fine. And then I just kind of fed off the people and gave that energy back. And then we just, it just happened organically. And that's kind of sometimes the, the best thing I like to do. There was a time, it was actually a huge uh, weekend. It was for like GCW. It was a huge weekend in Chicago. And I wrestled for Black Lady Falls, my first time wrestling there. And I remember I walked out as a heel and like nobody there was no reaction and it actually shook me for a minute i was just like oh man nothing and then for the rest of the match i was kind of out of my element i was so mad at myself for allowing myself that because during the match when i would be myself they would react but like they weren't into me at first at all and i didn't give them any energy back and i was so mad at myself because i know i could have done a lot better job so that was weird because it's been a long time since i felt that i thought i was going to feel that at fourth wall, but I didn't like the energy was there and I just kind of fed off of it. And sometimes you got to make things happen. And I would have definitely tried at fourth wall, but I was really kicking myself for not trying or at least doing what I should have done at black label pro. But I, I mean, I'll be back there eventually, but yeah, that's something I have to rectify in the future. But it, yeah, as far as being a face goes, I didn't really prepare for it, man. It was just kind of like, Hey, let's see what happens when I go out there. I know how to do it. I just didn't do it in forever. So when we went out out there, it just kind of, it was like riding a bike again. We were off to the races. Yeah, that's very interesting. It had been years because typically, you know, guys, and especially on the indies, you kind of go back and forth a little bit. So very interesting. Well, you did a great job. And, you know, you and Jake something on that show definitely stood out, you know, above and beyond Uh the rest. Of course, it was great seeing you both there. But so in that match, your opponent, Tyler Sullivan, um, actually got injured, I believe, separated shoulders, something of the sort, pretty early in the match. And you worked through it. He worked through it. So can you kind of talk us through, like, when something like that happens, especially so early in a match, like, how do you kind of work together to get through it and make sure you're protecting your opponent? 
Well, the crazy thing it was his good shoulder because he already had a bad shoulder. Oh, so okay. when wow. I threw him out of the ring, there was supposed to be he kind of slipped and he went to grab himself because he was supposed to stay on the apron. And I guess his shoulder separated when he went to grab himself and he kind of fell to the floor. I didn't know what was going on. He rolls back in. He goes, hey, I separated my shoulder. And I was like, oh, I said, do you want to take it home? He goes, no, let's try and work around it. So what I did was just really work around it. I kept, I stayed away from his, I think it was his left shoulder. I can't remember what shoulder it was, but I stayed away from it. So any of the moves that I did, I would ask him before I hit him, hey, do you want to take this? And then I, and during the match, I just kept asking him, do you want to keep going? Do you want to keep going? We shortened it up. Uh, especially, especially like when I had to hit him with a cannonball, I went to the opposite side of the cannonball and I just made sure to take care of him and big, Big props to him because he gutted it out. He was in, yeah. he was in huge pain throughout the match, but he was there for everything. And, and we just talked during the match. Um, I did my best to make sure he was okay. I did, you know, I, I cut out a few things during the match so he didn't have to take the bump. And then at one point we were already getting close to going home. And then he's like, "Hey, I got, we got to take it home." And so I just cut out uh, what we needed to do, and I went straight to the finish. And I called it on the fly. And uh, it, it turned out fine, but yeah, he, he was in some pain and they took him to the hospital right after we got backstage Ooh. and I stayed in touch with mm-hmm. him. Um, and I know Good. he didn't yeah. want to, he was upset because he, I think he had some stuff cooking with AEW. I can't remember. I think he was going to like dark or something like that. And he yeah. Was so I bummed. think he did one of the dark um, matches. Yeah. yeah. So he was like, he was so bummed because you know he's going to be on the shelf, but he's young. He's tough. He knows what he's doing in the ring. He'll be back better than ever. And uh, we stay in touch here and there. Um, I definitely got to check on him, see how he's doing. But I think he's going to be good. He, and he has that mindset and that drive to where I think he's going to be okay. It's just any athlete or uh, entertainer or whoever that's hungry and you get sidelined, it sucks. Because you see mm-hmm. everybody else growing mm-hmm. and getting places and you're just sitting there. And it's like torture. And that's why a lot of guys, they get beat up or they're injured and they just try to work through it because you can't take that time off. You either can't afford to take that time off or you can't afford to take it career wise because you don't want to lose your spot. And it's tough. There is no vacation time in professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. So uh, and there's no guarantees either that you're you know, you might be under contract. but Who knows? They might not have anything for you when you get back. My tag partner at Impact, not Shiro, but Raj. Raj was injured for a long time, all through COVID and stuff like that. And then he was healthy probably months ago, but there was nothing for him. You know, mm-hmm. there was nothing for Raj. So they had to literally, he had to sit there and wait until they had something for him and had a spot for him to come back. So I know that had to suck, but he got himself into much better shape. And I'm sure Tyler is going to do the same thing. Well, good to hear. And, you know, we hope for big things from Tyler Sullivan in the future. And, you know, yeah, someone absolutely absolutely well let's uh let's take it back a little bit and kind of talk about the start of your career uh you know how did you get started and you know beyond that who were kind of some of the wrestlers you watched a lot looked up to really enjoyed you know when you were growing up and kind of getting into wrestling well i mean as a kid i fell in love with like the wwf era of wrestling and the nwa so i was a huge fan of like dusty the road warrior sting Ric Flair, Macho Man, Hogan, Warrior, guys like that. Uh, and I was just taken aback and just I fell in love with the athleticism, but also the characters. They were larger than life characters. They're like real life comic books that, that was happening on TV. 
And then as I got older, of course, I, I guess you could say I got a little bit more smarkier and stuff where I was looking more for actual wrestling matches than the personalities. So I was huge into like All Japan, Kenta Kobashi, Misawa, Hell stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, love I loved that. When ECW was going on, Hayabusa would show up, uh, Rob Van Dam, Sabu. But then it was the 90s cruiserweights when I saw Benoit, Guerrero, Malenko, oh, yeah. Jericho, uh, Juventude, Psychosis. When I started seeing those guys, um, that's when I was like, man, these guys aren't that much bigger than me. I could probably do this. Mm-hmm. And that because I always wanted to be a professional wrestler. And I was always impersonating wrestlers. Just, I loved it. I was, I never, ever since I was a kid, I never got out of it. I used to take GI Joe guys, unscrew them and put together the more muscle body parts to create wrestlers on my own. And I just loved it. I still love wrestling. So when I got out of high school, I looked for a school to go to and I couldn't afford it because I had no money. It was just some kid that just got out of high school, nothing going on. Uh, and then so I started working. I didn't go to college because like I just want to work to make money so I go into wrestling. And then next thing you know, I started getting better. I was good at my job, so I started getting better promotions. And then I was working full time. And then I, I got the bug, bit me again. And I was like, I really want to wrestle. I, I need to get into professional wrestling. And I couldn't find a school that would work around my schedule because I was working like 45, 50 hours a week. And then I found one that was once a week and it was a few times a week. And then I, I went there for six months and then I trained in this barn and we were in the wintertime in that sucks. Triple layers of clothes, <laughs> the ring Damn. was frozen. We're taking bumps when we don't know how to take bumps. You know, we're learning and guys are dropping you on your head because we're learning moves and some guys weren't that great. So you just get beat up and it was, it was rough, <laughs> but it was worth it. And I noticed that I was catching on quick. And then I finally got clear. I did a little bit of referee work at first. And then I started to travel. And first I hit up all the, the Michigan indies that I was trying to go to. Monty Brown was still around at the time. So Monty would watch my matches, pull me aside and critique me, which was awesome. Uh, I would use all my pay time off from work to go to shows. And then I got into mixed martial arts. And I was like, oh, well, I think it was five years in. I was like, maybe I'll, you know, I was good at mixed martial arts. And I was like, maybe I'll put more time to that instead of wrestling. And then I went to a ring of honor camp and I was like, well, if nothing happens at this ring of honor camp, I'll just do mixed martial arts. And then the ring of honor camp, I cut a promo. It was Kevin Kelly was there. Uh, A lot of top names like Roger Strong, like who the who's who of guys that are right now, like in WWE and wherever else, you know, they, they're, uh, they were there. And uh, I remember they liked me a lot. And they told me what I want, needed to work on. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll stick with this wrestling stuff. So I went back to another Ring of Honor seminar. And then I got booked because everything they told me to work on, I did. And so I stayed doing stuff with Ring of Honor for a while. Uh, I was almost in the top prospect tournament like five times. They just ended, they never used me. Every time I was at a show, they would use me. I gave Moose his first singles match. Um, there was a lot of stuff. So I, I was doing a lot of stuff in Ring of Honor and then nothing ever really happened. And so for a time there, I was just kind of floating because there were no options. Impact wasn't an option at the time. I didn't know anybody there. Um, WWE really wasn't an option because it was still a lot of bigger guys that they were taking. But I was I was trying to do the extra work, and that was kind of a pain to get. I never got any of the extra stuff, but I just wanted to be able to wrestle in front of guys and do their camp. And then we started going up to k and up in uh, Windsor just to train. 
This was okay. probably 10 years into my career. Just, you know, try something new. And Scott DeMore was there. He wasn't with Impact at the time. We were just going to get better. And we did. We got a lot better. Great school up there. Scott, Johnny Bravo, Johnny Devine. Um, a lot of those guys, John Boland, Phil Atlas, were all up there training. Great professional wrestlers. And uh, we started going up there. Next thing you know, Scott got hired back at Impact. And he was needed some extra people. And I got a match. He just, he just Abraham was signed at the time they needed a tag partner for him so i went and jared was still in charge and i wrestled i tagged up with him we wrestled garza jr laredo kid and that was in 2017 of april and i i, I remember jared liked me a lot and said man maybe i'll get signed and then yeah jared laughed and i was like fuck i'm not getting signed <laughs> so, uh, nothing happened and then they had another tryout with they had a uh a camp that was for Impact and for Russell Noah. And I remember Marafuji was there. I was like, I'm definitely going to go wrestle for Marafuji. I want to go. Hell yeah. Noah. Yeah. And, and, and they already knew who they wanted with that. And Scott was like, hey, it's good that you do this because you'll be, we'll put this on TV and you'll at least you have your foot in the door with Impact. At least they'll see you again. And then they ended up doing like the gut check thing. And Scott asked myself and Jake to be a part of that. And it turned into a competition and I won it. And uh, Hell yeah. I couldn't believe it, you know. I couldn't believe I wanted it, and because um, I remember, I remember Scott was like, ah, "I don't think you could do this because you work all the time." I was like, "Scott, if I have a shot at wrestling for Impact, I'm going to wrestle for Impact." Oh yeah. And then, and I, I ended up going to Ottawa, and I had because I won it. I ended up going to Ottawa and I did the tapings there. And the next thing I know is end of December. Scott called me up. He's like, "Hey, next time I see you, we're going to have a contract for you." I was like, "What?" And yeah. then uh, I got signed. And then I remember I got signed and I told my work that I got signed. And then next thing you know, they were finding ways to fire me because they were like, well, that's going to be your, you're going to concentrate on that instead of working. And I wanted to wait a couple months because I had a big bonus coming. And yeah. they ended up finding something to fire me for. They had a whole list of things that they couldn't <laughs> fire me for because I had all these, I had it disputed everything. I was like, you can't fire me for that. Yeah. And they fired me. And that it was the worst year, the best year of my life. I had just paid off my house. I just got signed to Impact. Then I had just lost my money-making job, and I was broke. And I remember we were going to Mexico in August, and I had to sell everything I had just wow. to get money for a passport. And I was, I was broke. I was so broke, and it, it sucked because Impact was once a month. It was every few months, and we would go to Univers We would go to Orlando, and we would film for like an entire week. And that was the next few months. And then we went wrestle again for another few months and I wasn't getting paid great money. I was getting paid decent money, but not great money. And it wasn't enough to sustain what I needed to sustain. So, mm -hmm. and I remember being on a court case when I was down there in Orlando on the phone, disputing, trying to fight for my unemployment. And uh, that was, that was a very shitty time in my life. That was rough. I I feel and, you. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. Got, yeah. Better, and then COVID happened. And so I'm still, you know, it's like, luckily shows are back up. But when COVID happened, I had to go back to work because impact was the only thing I had. And all the indie shows that I was making money off of were gone. Yeah. So I was just like, man, what a kick. What a, what a humbling experience that is. For having sure. Having to go back to work and you're still wrestling on TV, but you're just not making enough money. And it's, it's just like, oh, it's brutal. But it is what it is. We hustle and we keep going. But. That's literally my story. <laughs> it's a current for professional wrestling. So yeah, incredible. Uh, and yeah, yeah, like as like, a, you know, so I've been kind of a lifelong wrestling fan. Bo was kind of as a kid and recently got back into it. But just the stories and the journey and the grind and 
you know, I know Eddie Kingston sold his boots to pay his mortgage. And, you know, you hear millions of stories about guys living in their car and making 10 bucks. And so it's just crazy. But, you know, you reference WWE and, you know, how they kind of like the bigger guys, especially way back Mm -hmm. when. And they're kind of, you know, maybe a little bit different, but I know Bo's got a kind of along those lines. Yeah. And, you know, that was kind of surprising to me as sort of a new fan. You know, I watched it kind of when I was a kid, you know, um, and remember things. But, you know, you kind of technically don't remember things when you're a kid. Uh, But, um, you know, um, I was really surprised that there was like some sort of a a bias, you know, a, a height bias in here. And so being a wrestler that's build at five eight uh was it difficult at all uh coming up you know based on that and were you ever told that you couldn't make it because of that no not i was told by more fans friendly uh, not fans but friends and family you still get i still get some fans you know oh he's too short you know stuff like that and this day and age when uh, Brian Danielson's one of the top wrestlers in the world. Yeah. We're the same height. Ah, you can't tell me anything. Oh. Uh, I always say, you know, I'm not behind the curtain. I'm not the largest guy, but as soon as I walk through the curtain, I'm a giant amongst men Absolutely. because my charisma yeah. and my personality and then just the way I carry myself in the ring. Um, nobody can match that. I don't care who you are and what, what promotion you wrestle for. You can't match my personality and my charisma. Uh, and that's just how it is. That's how I feel. And I will go up against anybody. You know, I'm not going to wrestle like Daniel Garcia, you know, Indy Darling or something like that. And good for him because he's a good professional wrestler. So I love to see mm-hmm. him getting his, his just Absolutely. due. Or like mm-hmm. Trey or something like that. I'm not going to wrestle like the guys that do a bunch of flips or, or, or capture the, the Twitterverse uh, fandom. I'm a very old school wrestler. I want to tell a story in the ring. You can put me in the ring with absolutely anybody and I'm going to put on a great match. I'm going to deliver, but then you can also put that microphone in my face and I'm going to deliver there. And then you can just put me in the ring and I can just be standing there and I'm going to have some type of stage presence because this is what I am. I learned who made the most money in wrestling. It's guys like rock. It's guys like Savage, Hogan, Flair, guys that were to me were the complete package of professional wrestler. They could go in the ring. Maybe they couldn't do a catch as catch can style match, but they could go in the ring and tell a great story and then they can tell a great story outside of the ring, but they can bring those people that don't watch professional wrestling. When they see them, they go, I remember that guy. And there's been several times when uh, friends will bring friends to the show that don't watch professional wrestling. And then I'll get a call like, dude, my mom loves you. She doesn't even like professional wrestling, but she remembers (laughs) you. And that's what I want because Sure, T-shirt sales are one thing, but then when you're moving that needle and you're bringing in new people, that's what I want. I want Dwayne money. And so that's what I pattern my style off of. But it's not over. It's mm-hmm. not over with um, the, my peers know because my peers always tout like, man, I don't know why people don't talk about you more. Yeah. Uh, fans don't get it. Fans either don't mm-hmm. care. They just Some fans, they see it. Some fans don't because I'm not that flavor of the year, flavor of the month style of professional wrestling. And I, I don't want to be. I want to wrestle my style because that's what I'm good at. That's what I'm great at. Uh, and that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I feel in the long run is going to give me a job if people actually, you know, think for themselves and, and see like, man, this guy's got everything. So and yeah. that's just my opinion. Or that's just what I feel. Yeah, and um, those intangibles you're talking about, like your character, uh, personality, uh, charisma and stuff. Do you think that's something that came from? You know, you having spent a lot of time in the Indies and kind of, you know, someone who's kind of, you know, become successful, you know, in your 40s. Do you think that's something that's come from that experience, you know, versus someone who's been successful in wrestling in their 20s? 
No, my it's me. I was like this as a kid. Yeah. I mean, it's just me. Out there, it's just me. It's just yeah. me being a fool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's how I, I've, I've always been this way. Mm-hmm. I love to be the character. I was a character as a kid. I love to uh-huh. entertain. I love to have fun. And when I'm in that ring, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. There's nowhere else just pissing fans off, getting under their skin, <laughs> getting in their face when they say something stupid mm-hmm. and watching them shut right down. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it's just, it's just, there's something about it. And it, mm-hmm. it's, I, I got now, yes, from being on the Indies and being a journeyman, mm-hmm. I have learned my craft, but then being on TV, I've, you know, now I, say, I can't say perfected my craft because there's still a long way to go, but I've owned my craft. Being on TV, being in the ring with guys that are light years ahead of me, guys that have been, you know, in different systems that I've been in, uh, than I have been in, and uh, guys that are, to me, top guys, Rich Swan, Eddie Edwards, these are guys that people don't realize how great they, they are. I think Rich Swan is one of the greatest wrestlers today. He can do anything. He's a guy that can go in the ring with anybody, and people don't give him enough credit. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are guys that you think you're good. And then you get in the ring with guys like that, and you're like, oh, man, got a long way to go. So even Davey Richards, Davey Richards came back. And yeah. you see a lot of guys that are good mm-hmm. and that are touted, oh, these are great indie wrestlers, or these are great wrestlers, and that the fans nowadays think. But the little things, they can't touch him. He comes back, and he still does all the little things, ways put puts matches together. They can't touch him on that. And he's mm-hmm. very generous when I, I see, you know, you know, when he puts them over and stuff, but there's certain things that guys don't do that he does that makes him, in my opinion, stand apart from being a really good wrestler to a great professional wrestler. And that's Absolutely. what I mean, a great professional wrestler. Guys like Rich Swan, Eddie Edwards, uh, those guys are great professional wrestlers because they do the little things and they know how to just, doesn't matter who they're in the ring with, they're going to put on a stellar match. And then there's guys that not they're they're not quite there yet. They will be, but they're not quite there yet. And even I'm not quite there yet. But these are the things that I want. And in order to get to that next level, you have to work with guys like that. Hell yeah, love it. So I'm someone that grew up, you know, WWE only or F back then, and that's all I knew. And I had about an eight year gap from like 01 to 09. Got back into it, but really the last like four years when I discovered New Japan and have really done a deep dive into old all Japan and just a lot of Japanese wrestling, a lot of old impact ring of honor because it was stuff I just wasn't familiar with. And you mentioned Kenta Kabashi, Masawa, Kawada, all those guys. The, some of the best. Um, but I noticed, at least on your Wikipedia page, that your first Impact singles match was against Taiji Ishimori. Is that yes. correct? So I wanted to ask you about him because he has what I would call probably a top 30 match of all time against Hiromu in the 2018 Best of the Super Juniors final. Incredible match. So what was it like wrestling him? Have you wrestled any other Japanese guys today? And if not, who would you want to wrestle that's working in Japan right now? I would love to wrestle Tanahashi. I'm a huge Tanahashi fan. Oh, yeah. Um, the ace. I would love Naito. I love yep. his style. I just I think, man, he, I just think he's so good. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, some of my favorite people recently – that have come to impact and we all hang out together, like our crew, uh, we've pretty much adopted um, Phantasmo, Juice, mm-hmm. Finley, and 
Hell uh, yeah. Leo into our little group and all of yeah. us hang out and man, we've become really good friends real fast. Those guys are some of my favorite people that I've met recently. Love those dudes. They're good dudes. Oh yeah. And uh, we have a really great tight knit family, I think at impact. And we have like a really good core group of guys that we always hang out with. And we've just pretty much opened and opened our arms and welcomed them. And, and they just fit right in. They're great people. I love, uh, obviously he's not Japanese, but he's wrestling New Japan. Uh, David Finley's style. I, oh, yeah. I, I want to work a one on the, the little amount of time I had with him in this tag match we did. I just want to work with him. I think he's so good. But going yeah. back to Ishimori, I was always a huge fan of him and Kenta. Oh uh, yeah. The Noah days and yep. being able, I was so nervous, but it was one of the easiest matches I've ever wrestled. I had the honor of working with him several times. I had the honor of having his last match before he left impact. Uh, he's such a nice. great individual, such a cool dude, such a gentleman, such a professional. I would love to work with him again. Now that I'm so much better than I was the first time I got a chance to work with him. Uh, it was so easy. And also when we would, you know, his English wasn't that great. So people would be calling matches and we'd have like these, uh, multi-man matches and I remember I would remember all his spots for him because they'd be going so fast that he'd be like ah wait a minute yeah. a too quick." so I remember I would remember all his spots for him and explain all his spots for him that's and awesome him. Mm-hmm. yeah because I just and he would appreciate that I know he yeah I bet <laughs> yeah and I just have so much respect for him love and admiration I was it was an honor to get in the ring with him and I hope I can do it again someday with the level I'm at now, because I think we could put on, I, I liked our matches that we did. They were very, they were very easy and basic, but they were really good. But I think we could put on some killer stuff now. Absolutely. And I would love to see it as well. And just want to briefly mention Finley. Awesome. You know, his match earlier awesome. this year with Jay White and Osprey in the new Japan cup were probably two of the best of his I've seen. Yeah. Fantasmo, always entertaining. He had a match with Rocky Romero in the 2019 Best of the Super Juniors at Cork and Hall that was an absolute banger. And what else can you say about Juice? I mean, the guy's so entertaining. You know, he did some commentary in the Best of the Super Juniors, and he would always kill me, but uh, great, great stuff. So let's talk about impact and kind of where you're at now. And we mentioned on the outset you're tonight, so it'll be a uh, – yeah. It would have aired by the time we released this, but yeah. wrestling El Fantasmo and Willie Mack for a shot at the X Division Championship at Bound for Glory, which you first won um, last year at Emergence by defeating Chris Bay and TJP. Um, I just watched the highlights from the match before this, and you know, kind of was a shock win of sorts. You kind of got the roll up there. How, just talk about that experience. You know, when did you learn you would be winning that title? How was that match in that moment for you? And just talk about your championship run that you had last year. I thought it was a rib when I heard that I was winning the belt. I think it was real because I was yeah. eating crap forever at the company. I was just nobody. You know what I mean? I was just bottom of the barrel guy, just doing jobs, eating pin after pin. And I, and I knew my worth. I was like, man, I don't know if these guys are ever going to pull the trigger. But I never complained. I never, you know, walked around with a sour attitude or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just went in there, laced up my boots and did my job. And I tried to do it as best of my ability. And then when they finally said, hey, this, this is happening, and I was like, ah, this, there's no way it's happening. So when it actually did, I was ecstatic. 
And the, the yeah, funny thing is, I was ready for it. I have been waiting for this moment my entire career oh, yeah. to finally be able to have the ball and run with it. So as soon as they gave me the ball, I knew that meant promos. I knew that meant uh, better, bigger and better matches. And they probably expected more out of me. The thing was, I wasn't nervous at all. I was ready to kill it. And I felt oh, like yeah. I did. I changed up my wardrobe. I became the Rohit that you see now that is, you know, that larger than life piece of trash. Um, <laughs> and that's what I wanted to be. And they, they, they molded me more into like the coward, the heel, and which I didn't want to be. I always wanted to be a fighting champion, but I made that work as well. Being able to work with Chris Bay, that program with Chris Bay and TJP, absolutely amazing. TJ, his guidance and that whole program helped elevate my confidence, helped elevate my ability. And then just my feud with him leading, you know, a, a whole year down the line when he won it back. It was great. Our, our final match together was something that I had way more input in. And it was one of my favorite matches. And, he, you know, he said it was one of his favorite matches that we've had together. So, and, and I, I, I have to give him so much credit being such a professional and, and just helping me and seeing what sometimes that I couldn't see inside myself and he would pull that out of me. And of course, Chris, you know, Chris and I are neck and neck. We're both competing to be that top guy. And I'd love to see what he's doing with Bullet Club. It's so well-deserved. He has such just natural charisma and his ability is unreal for as long as he's been working. Tremendous. Sky's the limit for uh, Chris Bay. So being in the ring with those guys, man, I loved it. Being champion as an exhibition champion, though, was my probably my favorite moment time in professional wrestling, I got to do, they didn't tell me anything. The first time, the defeat of the Rohit Heat Challenge was their idea. The first time they kind of said, hey, we want you to say this, this, and this. Then when I started to cut my promos, they're like, well, we don't need to tell you what to say. You just go say it. Just make sure you get this across. That felt great because they had that confidence in my ability. Oh, yeah. Uh, they were very hands-off in my match besides certain things that they wanted me to get over. So that meant they had the confidence in my in-ring ability. I changed up my wardrobe. I started to dress flashy. I said I wanted to be go from zero to hero. I asked to take the belt home so I could take all those pictures on social media with me hanging out with the belt, having them in the car seat, having them playing video games, uh, ha- drinking coffee with them, and, and dressing him like he's like my child or something yeah. like that. <laughs> uh, that was all my idea. And so I felt like I gave a little bit something different to the exhibition where it's normally the workhorse belt. Yeah, I can do that. I'm a workhorse, but I love to entertain. I love the personality. So I thought I brought something a little bit different and, and breathe some fresh air into that uh, that division. And uh, I think my stuff at Slammiversary kind of speaks for itself. Ultimate X match, everyone's thinking, ah, oh, super spot, high spot, high spot, high spot, which I'm all for. Mm-hmm. However, what would Rohit do? Rohit does not want to get up there and climb that thing. Rohit does not want to do anything. No. Super Canadian Destroyers. Mm-hmm. Rohit doesn't want to do any of that. Rohit he just wants, wants to win. Him. He mm-hmm. just wants to win. Yeah. He can work hard, but why work hard when you can work, work smart? Yeah. I, mean, I don't mm-hmm. want to get my hands dirty. So Rohit has to figure out a way. Well, all these other guys do all this nonsense and they're building towers. I'm going to go after the belt. And so I literally, when I found out we were doing Ultimate X, my wheels started turning. I was like, I got to get one of those hooks that takes down shirts so I can try and get the belt off that way. And I was thinking (laughs) of other stuff to do. When I got there, I was like, oh, here's a rope. Let me see if I can climb it. I haven't climbed a rope in. I can't remember when. So I was literally trying to lasso it before the show started and climbing up the rope. I was like, oh, my God, I can do it. And then I finally did it in the match. I was like, third time's a charm. 
Yeah. <laughs> did the match and started climbing and just the reactions and, and, and everyone saying, dude, you were the, the highlight of that match. That's what I wanted. And Love it. The, the, the amount of talent that was in the match and stuff everybody was doing was awesome. And But the fact that people were like, man, bro, he stood out. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Because I stood out doing things my way. And that's all I needed. That's all I wanted. And I felt like I've proven time and time again in Impact Wrestling that I can be a star. You know, no doubt. I was bottom of the barrel. Like I said, when I first started, I was doing nothing. I was going nowhere. And when, no matter what they give me, I make something out of it. And I honestly just want to be one of the top guys in the company. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping they see that, you know, I really hope they do. Cause you, the stuff with Matt Cardona. Yeah. You know, the ex WWE guys, you guys yep. think it was, you know, the bee's knees or whatever. He's that guy. Well, guess what? You put me in the ring with him. We're going to put in, we're going to put on a great, great show. And, and Chelsea Green, you know, some exactly. interge- intergender stuff. Like I watched some of that and I loved uh, your reaction when you pinned her in the tag match. You went to right. Cardona. That's on you. That's yeah. on you. And just the, like you said, the facial expressions, you kind of running away like that was good stuff. But um, wanted to mention you were talking about what you were doing with the belt. One thing I loved our boy Naito would do because he hated the Intercontinental Championship, but he was fourth. He would throw it around and whatever. Yeah. But I loved seeing a picture. He tried to use it to, as currency at the grocery store to buy groceries. <laughs> was this all? And he had like a blank oh. look on his face, like why can't I do that? And it was just too funny. But so we've talked Rohit. Now I know Bo has got a question for you about Hakeem Zane. Yeah, um, you know, so Hakeem Zane being the um, other name you're known in ring, as well as your tw- Twitter handle, at Hakeem Zane. Um, you know, I, I was curious because, you know, I'm familiar, you know, I saw you wrestle in Milwaukee. Um, of course, have not, not seen you uh, wrestle as the Hakeem Zane character. Just curious, what are the differences between those two characters and how they evolved over the years from the Indies and the Impact? Hakeem Zane was originally, that's my original name uh, yeah. for the Indies. And even when I was signed to Impact, again, Rohit had no value. So they would ask me, why don't you use why don't you Rohit Raju on the Indies? Because it has no value. I was losing. No one wants to see that. Yeah. There was, I was just another face at Impact Wrestling as Rohit Raju until I became, you know, Exhibition Champion and had that run. So I, there was no value there. Hakeem Zayn had value because I had built it up on these Indies. I and you. I wasn't doing um, – I don't want to say necessarily like an Indian gimmick, but I was just me, black leather jacket, white leather jacket, just walking out there being me. And then it was AAW. And the reason why I still use that AAW is because I have a lot of love for Danny and that crew because they were the first ones, one of the first ones to put a microphone in my hand and really build something around me. And this was still when Impact was just having me do nothing. And so, and, and Danny's like, hey, I kind of still want you to do the Hakeem character here. I don't want you to do Rohit. So out of respect for what they've let me do, that I, I still use Hakeem there. And Hakeem isn't the flashy, cowardly, smarmy wrestler. He is very bitter. He is very angry. He is very shitty because he is not a fan of what wrestling has become he is not a fan of the disrespect that he gets constantly whereas all these other wrestlers get touted as the best in the world when none of them can do what i can do mm-hmm. uh, and so i remember cutting the promos and everyone because i cut it behind the mask 
for AAW, and everyone thought it was Eddie Kingston. They thought it was Eli Drake. They thought it was Karrion Cross. They thought it was all these big names who were free agents at the time. And then I remember when I did the reveal, they were disappointed because I, I knew they would because they had no idea who I was. Mm-hmm. And then when I cut the promo afterwards, I remember half the people saying, like, I remember I had caught the majority of the crowd didn't care. But after I cut the promo, like 55 percent of them did. And I always thought that was great. I was watching it like John Cena would do that. He would come out, everyone would boo him, and then he'd cut his fire from all. And then like half the people that were doing him were cheering him. Out. So mm-hmm. I always thought that was something great. And I loved it. I thought we knocked that karma and I knocked that promo out of the park. And it was real. It comes from a real place. Like I feel like I'm a very, really good professional wrestler, but I feel like I'm super underrated. Right? Sure. Get mm-hmm. enough credit. And it's, it's, it is, it doesn't leave a bitter taste in my mouth because. I feel like there's guys out there. I don't want to take any food off anybody's plate or some like hater or anything of that nature. I do feel like there's a lot of guys out there that get a lot of attention or credit or are over and get touted as whatever or get way more bookings than I do. Mm-hmm. They can't even lace up my boots. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's just how it is. They're over and they're making that money good for them. I just feel like, man, it does get, it does get annoying sometimes. You're like, man, I, I know how good I am. I know my worth. Why can't I get everybody else to see my worth? So that does get frustrating. Sure. Uh, but that's where Hakeem, that's Hakeem's aid. That bitter, angry individual. <laughs> and I keep that, I keep that at AAW out of respect for Danny and, and the crew because they were one of the first ones to let me do my thing. And so if he, hey, he said, he asked me, I don't want you to be the flashy dresser. I want you to be grimy wearing hoodies and this stuff. That's what he wanted, and so that's what I'm going to give him out of respect for them. Hell yeah! No, no, because Rohit finally has some value, and yeah. But the only place I do Hakeem's name, that is AAW, and that's probably the only place I will do it. Where you are the current Heritage Champion, two time, two time, beat Ace Austin in five seconds. What a bum! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, so there's one more name too that you uh, also gave during the. Short uh, promo that you gave on our show. It's the Mocha Skin Manimal. Yeah, and yeah, we um, we're big fans <laughs> we of that. It. So, um, so have to ask, uh, what makes you a manimal as opposed to like a a manphibian or you know? Manphibian, it doesn't come mm. across as well. And you know, mm. I'm not really swimming out yeah. there in the ring. I'm just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. oh, a carnivore, a meat eater. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say manimal and just rolls off the tongue a little bit better. But I do like manimal. For sure. When I have a show out on the water, I'm going to have to change it to the mocha skin manphibian. So. There you go. Pretty rad. One night only. Uh, but no, I remember I'm half black, half Indian, and we would always joke about, um, man, so my skin color, you got great skin. Like, what? what is it? It's like a brown. It's like a this. It's like a that. And then one of my friends, she had said, ah, you're more of a mocha. And I was like, ah, you're right. And then I just remember just jaw jacking one day and I came up with mocha skin and manimal yeah. and half man, half animal. And I, I don't even know how it just happened and it stuck. Mm-hmm. And just like another one, I remember I was doing this interview at a news station and I had to do these segments. I was like, man, I got to think of something cooler to say. I've already said all my, my catchphrases. And then I said, Oh, you know, I, 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 you know, God created all men equal. Uh, God created all men equal and then he made me the sequel. And then I just started, you know what I mean? Just started going with stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm always trying to think of stupid, stupid stuff to say. Lax Luger, uh-huh. the total package, Lax Luger, you know, I'm going to have big <laughs> So I just, 
just insane. The almond Adonis, that was a new one I just came up with. Because in yeah. the summertime, I get very, very dark. My friend said, uh, man, you look very almondy. I was like, huh, almond Adonis. There we go. Focusing <laughs> <laughs> animal is the one that stands out the most, though. And yeah. it's definitely one of my favorites. Love it. It's a, it's a good one. Yeah, and there's a, a basketball player, I believe, named Kim, or, or I guess your former basketball player. I don't know if he plays now, named Kenneth Reed, who is a manimal. Are you familiar with him at all? No, I'm not actually. Yeah, yeah he I went to watch basketball all the time too, but not not. Yeah, yeah not he went to man. he went to Moorhead State, which is in Kentucky, and they actually beat our Louisville Cardinals in the first round of the tournament. Whenever oh. 2011, I think. But yeah, he was known as the Manimal, and that's the only other only other time I've ever heard that nickname. Yeah. So pretty, pretty small, yeah, yeah, pretty small species there. You know. So <laughs> thank you, thank you for we're going to yeah, kind of wind sorry. towards the end here. Yeah. And thank you so much. Want to ask a few more questions and then yeah. we're going to get the Bose fun uh, lightning round, which I'm sure you're going to get a hoot out of. But um, from uh, one other of our listeners and someone we've worked with a lot in podcasting, you're at your boy D Harn, which is our friend Derek. He has two questions and this will kind of lead us into our uh, fun lightning round here. He asks, number one, how do you feel about Sunny D? The drink? Yeah. I would go more with the purple stuff than Sunny D. Okay. <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah. And then this little more serious question here. Are there any old impact gimmick matches that you'd love to bring back or be a part of one day? I think King of the Mountain, just yeah. because it's so that was very cool. Yeah. I, I kind of would want to see how we would do that. Or maybe like a great gamma on a pole match. You know what I mean? There's where Vince Russo was running it. Like <laughs> I just course. remember watching it and then Sanjay, I can't remember who Sanjay wrestled, but it was for SoCal Val. It was for SoCal Val's love. And it was Sanjay versus somebody. And it was either SoCal Val on a pole or a wedding ring on a pole match. And I was like, this is so stupid. Why are they doing this? <laughs> and I was just felt like my intelligence was being insulted. And every other yeah. week it was something on a pole match. So I don't That's really Vince Russo for you. Just for like, if we had an old school night, maybe yeah. came the mountain match and I, I would, that would have to be so confusing on how we would do it, but I, I, we'd make it work. And then uh, maybe like something, something on a pole match. I don't know what, what if, we figured it out. What about we bring back Judy Bagwell on a forklift match? That was a oh, Russo classic. <laughs> New one. Gail on a forklift or something yeah. like that. We'll, we'll do something of that name. Gail on a forklift. Gail came on a forklift. There we go. Yeah, there yelling go. at me all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> last thing before we get into the yeah. lightning round, uh, I've heard that you do quite the uh, macho man Randy Savage impression. Yeah. Wouldn't mind, yeah. Wouldn't mind hearing a little bit of that. And do you do any other uh, old yeah. school wrestler impressions? Talking about my favorite, yeah. We were talking about it, yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage here on the podcast always likes to drum it up a little bit, yeah. Every single time someone's asking me about Savage, yeah. The insanity. <laughs> Speaking of time, time it's infinite, yeah. It's not a straight line, it's like a circle, yeah. It just keeps <laughs> on going, yeah. Just like the legacy of the Macho Man, yeah. It keeps on going, yeah. Beat after beat, that's right. Sometimes I like to do a little dusty road, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday night, silver tongue, tell me your body making dream. We was talking about it one time. 
when the U.S. title was on the line, Steel Cage, it was Starcade, baby, or maybe it was a Great American Bash, it was a total package, Lex Luger. He couldn't handle the weaver lock. John Weaver was on the outside, and he hit me with that steel chair, daddy. That was the only way he was getting the American Dream. Oh, sometimes I like to talk about the 316, and if you see the 316 and you get that text message, that means your ass belongs to Stone Cold. And then if you want to talk to me about being the man, oh, sometimes little things here and there. Savage oh, is my best, so. I love you it. Well, you got to go on stage with that stuff, man. That's great. Yeah. Just like cool. just how you like just shift between them. You, sir. I think, uh, I, I, you know, what's that guy's mm-hmm. name? Is a comedian. Is it Dan Sonberg or something uh, like that? His, his impressions are like way better than mine. It's really yeah. good. And actually, uh, man, who was I with? Ah, uh, somebody was telling stories and they did a Macho Man impression. I can't remember who it was. It was really good though, man. Yeah, we were just sitting sitting somewhere and he was doing a Savage impression. I was like, man, this Savage is really good. Well, I'm going yeah, to say you? that you, sir, are the cream of the crop. Cream of the crop, yeah. <laughs> and another well, one I, I love from man. another one I love from Dusty. There was one he was like, I am the cold blooded sausage maker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that one always just geeked me out. Obviously, <laughs> Son of the Plumber is the famous one, but Cold-Blooded Sausage Maker is the one that wow. always stuck out to I me. Have to, man, I forgot about that one. Yeah. I, I followed. I just followed this Instagram. It was No Context Dusty, which I think is oh, yeah. it's great. It's just Dusty promos. And I need to follow out. that. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Here yeah. we are. That's why we live. Oh, there's a prank call. Somebody did. JJ Gillis, is that you? I know that you, JJ. We goes back a long time. You and I to make a dream. Was like, or he was talking about some lady. He was pranking some lady. He was like, "Baby doll, is that you, Jennifer? I know that was you, baby doll. You can't do <laughs> Friday night Starcade leather strap match. You and the American Dream, Dustin Rose, king of the leather strap match, Daddy." so freaking good love it (laughs) awesome awesome stuff well thank you and bo i'm gonna let you take it away uh for the lightning round here all right here we go it's lightning round yeah hope you're wearing tennis shoes or not on a golf course all right here we go (laughs) all right so uh our first question so um this goes back to nicknames you have been known as uh rohit raju and hakeem zane in your career but uh, I have some outsider sources and impact uh, that have filled me in on previous ring names of yours. Uh, and I'm going to read them off here, and uh, I would like you to tell me your favorite. We have Hakeem Payne. Oh. A- after the Naruto villain. There you go. Hakeem Rain. After the village of the Hidden Rain, where, where Payne fought Jiraiya. Oh, okay. Hakeem Cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Hakeem, why are you driving so slow in the left lane? <laughs> and then Hakeem Spokane, Washington football team. I think it would have to be Hakeem Payne after the villain from Naruto. Although you know, Spokane, you- Washington, the football team is also pretty. Yeah. I will so, butt in real quick and just say he did this similarly with Danny Limelight and would do like oh what was it tangerine fuse box da- da- daniel <laughs> tangerine fuse box so coming up with different <laughs> stuff like that and it was killing me so Here's the thing. Usually, usually i tell people that their answer is wrong but I, i'm actually this is gonna be the first time someone's answer was right hey you're correct yeah yeah, yeah. Someone's getting it correct that's what's up yeah, there we go all right uh, next question this is my favorite question to ask 
uh, any wrestler. So what move performed on you hurts the most? What move sucks the most to have to have done to you? Oh. Oh. (laughs) I would say a powerbomb or Alabama slam. Okay. Or, gotcha. or yeah, uh, uh, those are some of like my least favorite super high back bump stuff. I hate taking. Gotcha. See, I've always wanted to be power bomb. It depends on who <laughs> gets it. reason. Make yeah, yeah. Make something yeah. Uh, really, really nice with the power bomb. Some guys will lift you up and actually you just get murdered. And yeah. you're just like, oh, and if the ring sucks, it's not. See, I was thinking of that one that Brian Cage gave Sting like back earlier this year. Like yeah. that's the one because I know Brian Cage was an impact guy, wasn't he? For a yeah, bit. good dude. Yeah. Love Brian Cage. Him and his yeah. old lady Mel. I love uh, both those guys. Good deal. All right, next question. Uh, what is the craziest exchange you've um, ever had with a fan, and why was it me in Milwaukee? Uh, that doesn't have to. Hammered, man. I, I did a few <laughs> of those. To be honest, you you get the shows um, when people have what was it five or six margaritas. Mm-hmm. And uh, next thing you know, you weren't as bad. Well, some guys listen to to come to your merch and say, your match is really good. I'm, I'm a very big fan of you. <laughs> and then you got a lot of people trying to get, you yeah. know, all the pictures and trying to make money. He's just sitting there. Or you get the guys that are very socially awkward and they just come and stare at you. Yeah, I'm just a really big fan of yours. And did you, how'd you think of that match with? Did you watch that match with Cody Rhodes last week on AEW? What do you think of Sam Punk on? Look, dude, I get it. You like wrestling, like I understand. I like wrestling too. I'm trying to make some money, man. I'm, to, I'm sweating. I got this nasty gear on. Can you let me go backstage? I shook your hand. I talked to you. I'm trying to be nice and professional, but I don't care about the match from AEW last week. It was pretty good. I'm sure it was. I just want to go backstage and eat my protein bar and get out of these nasty clothes. Uh, so those would probably be some of the wildest ones. Uh, the worst ones are anyone on Twitter. So there you go. Because yeah. the comments just keep on coming. and There's no there's no um, um, ramification, you know what I mean, for people running their mouth on Twitter. Yeah. And But my favorite thing is when the people run their mouth in the crowd and I get up in their face. And, hey, you know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'll swing on you. I don't care. It's, it's we're going <laughs> You want to talk? Let's talk. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cross that line, buddy. I'm, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. I'll choke you out real quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm imagining if there was a giant Venn diagram of all those character types, I was exactly in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, the next question. Uh, we talked about Jiraiya versus Payne. What is your favorite Naruto fight in both original Ooh. and Shippuden? Yeah. Man, I don't know if it was the last fight between Naruto and Sasuke or honestly... One of the most hype moments was when Rock Lee was fighting, yep. uh, God, Kimimaru, the bone mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. He was losing, and then Gara came and helped him. Yeah. And they worked together because, uh, you know, because Rock Lee was, or Gara was the one that jacked him up and took away, put him in that, that funk in the longest time, broke all his bones. Mm-hmm. So when that happened and they were buddying up, I was like, oh man, it's ultimate face turn. Yeah, and I thought that was really cool. There's so many. Yes, there uh, are. Junior exam when Naruto finally got his after like 80 episodes, and he was finally because he wasn't even the main character until like later on. It was like mm-hmm. the, it was that whole time when uh, when he fought Shikamaru, and then he finally mm-hmm. got the respect of everybody. 
probably maybe the first the the fight between uh, Itachi and Sasuke. That was awesome when he yeah. you know gives him the whole dab at the end. Man, so cool. I I I couldn't pick just one, but those are a few of my favorites that stand out. Those are arguments. I've always been uh, a big fan of whenever um, guy opens up the eight gates. Yes, against Madara. Um, that, that, that's a that's big it. one. Yeah. yeah, you know, like 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 a buildup that like completely paid off. You know, especially like with anime. So sometimes the pay, you know, you like you know they take a lot of episodes to get somewhere. But when they got there, I was like, yeah, I was yeah. locked in. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Um, next, uh, do you like analogies? Uh, no, I never do. Or no, oh. that's anagrams. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, sure. Yeah, I think so. Cool. Yeah, mine flare up this time of year, actually. All right. <laughs> All right. I, I got a good analogy for you. If El Fantasmo is Gatorade, and Chris Bay is Powerade, and Rich Swan is Allsport, and Chris Sabin is Pedialyte, and Brian Cage is Vitamin Water, and Samoa Joe is Body Armor, and AJ Styles is Just Water, then who are you? Eesh. Uh... I don't know of any other drinks that are out there, <laughs> unless it's like Meyer brand or like Kroger brand uh, uh, vitamin water. Um, you I can guess, be a, a LaCroix or one sure, of those seltzer yeah. waters. Maybe, I'm trying to I'm think smart, too. Maybe I'm a smart water with electrolytes, I guess. Oh, there, there we go. go. Yeah, that's a good one. But Great. of course, cool on all sports. Yeah, I hadn't heard that one in a while. Those were all good. Yeah. It, took, it took me a while to think of all, but unfortunately, the correct answer is Listerine. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever Have you ever seen the movie Demolition Man? Yes, exactly. Yeah, such a good movie. Um, so you know the franchise wars in that. Whenever in the future there's only Taco Bell, yeah, um, and they go out to eat the Taco Bell, and there's like the little tiny thing they eat, Sylvester Stallone, the like, Taco Bell, you know. Um, so who would win your franchise awards between these four restaurants? I bet you have a good Sylvester Stallone impression, by the way. Uh, <laughs> knew it. Uh, Cinnabon, McAllister's Deli, Auntie Anne's Pretzels, or Moe's Southwest Grill? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I've eaten at any of those. So I'd have to say Moe's Southwest Grill, and just because it's Moe. And I, I like the Simpsons, so there we go. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that's the only one of those that you could get a full meal out of that's just not exactly. a sandwich. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Good deal. All right, so last we have the two most important questions uh, ever. All right, uh, what is the what was, or what was the best thing to happen to you in this past year? Ha! This past year, the best thing to happen to me. Honestly. I can't think of an individual thing. I guess that I'm still here right now, safe and sound, living and breathing, walking on my own two feet, still doing my own thing, yeah. uh, being in, able to enjoy the freedom that I have and uh, wrestling, lifting weights, and yeah. just nothing drastically has changed for the worse. Good deal. And, yeah. uh, and, and last, this is the um, this is probably the most important question I've ever read. Um, what are you doing after this? Eating, eating food. I'm starving. Oh, man, very good. Well, hopefully, I haven't held you up. I, I ate a, a Taco Bell veggie power mini bowl. I know Brett knows my uh, great affinity for those. I awesome. ate that the fastest I've ever eaten it. 
It's a good deal. Yeah. Well, I just want to sneak in one more question before we let you eat. We've taught, you know, what is your favorite match? Not of yours, but as a fan, what's your favorite Mm. match of all time? Or if you can pick two or three. Couldn't even tell you. I, yeah. Honestly, the one that always pops into my head is Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero from Halloween Havoc. And, Bo, we mm. need to watch that here in the Great. next few weeks to review. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Incredible. It is one of the story. Find out the story behind it first. Oh, yeah. Opinions leading up to it, at least the majority of them. Yep. Because the match itself is fantastic, but the story, that's, to me, that is the epitome of work rate and, st- and telling the story. Because yep. those two, yeah, that's this probably one of my favorite matches of all time. I also think any of the WrestleMania matches between Rock and Austin, maybe the oh, last yeah. one, that's my favorite feud of all time. Yep. I need to beat you, Rock. That's like, I mean, that was 17. Mm-hmm. but 17 I, was those, incredible. Yeah, with McMahon coming in. My yeah. God! Yeah. I, think, I think the last one when Rock finally beats them and they have yeah. the moment in the ring, Hollywood Rock is my God, the best. Uh, he said Toronto. Yay! <laughs> he says, uh, stronger than a bull, faster than a buck. The greatest thing to hit Canada because I'm able to leave suck. Like, I just, God damn, man. He was just on fire. On fire. Whoa! Hey, baby! You know, he was just a man. He was, you couldn't touch him back then. I think anyone can still touch that, that heel. Uh, Hollywood rock. But uh, that and then I think just the energy of Rock Hogan at Mania, mm-hmm. eighteen, man. That that is that's that's something like that. And then you can probably throw in any Kabasha Masala match. I was just gonna say, and yeah, Kibashi, Masala, You know what I mean? Um, there's so I just can't, I can't tell you how much wrestling I've watched and dug into since the pandemic started. And like I said, dug deep on all that. Mm. So. Clearly, you love wrestling and just wanted to hear, you know, what were some of yeah. your favorites. I think Eddie Ray is probably the best WCW match ever. For is, that sure. the cu- yeah. is that the custody battle one? No, 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 no that's, that's not that one. Yeah. Where the fuck is Vicky? <laughs> no, that's not that one. <laughs> yeah. that, this no, is, this uh, is like they, eight years prior to that. Good. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And then yeah. Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada changed wrestling for me. And I think they're the, the when Omega won. Yeah, the for the first one was like, whoa, I've never seen anything yes. like this. And then the fourth yeah. one, yeah, the two out of three falls, 69 minutes. That's my favorite match of all time. It's just yeah. absolute perfection. But Rohit, Hakeem, thank mm-hmm. you so much. This has been amazing. We have it's had a fun. blast. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will be watching tonight and hopefully keeping our fingers crossed that you get the W and uh, are on the road to winning the X Division Championship at Bound for Glory. Um, October 23rd, Bound for Glory. October 23rd. I was yes, going to say, anything else you want to plug? Yeah, October 23rd, Viva Las Vegas, Bound for Glory. Uh, can't wait for people to see that. Our, our pay-per-views are always spot on. Tons of surprises. Great energy. Huge crowd. So I can't wait to be a part of that in some form of capacity. Maybe be for the exhibition championship belt. Who knows? We'll, we'll know. Uh, of course, you can find me at Hakeem Zane on Twitter. Raju Zane 80 on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I have a school in Saginaw, Michigan. Dragon's Lair Pro Wrestling Academy which is popping as of late. A lot of people coming into there. So if you're in the area, you want to own your craft, you want to learn, please come see me. Wrestlers, if you're in the area, you want to drop in, please come see me, roll around the ring. I would love that. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Rohit. Of course, Shop Impact. 
Trading.com. I have a t-shirt on there as well. Plus, I think the cards, the trading cards may have sold out, but I am in Series 3 finally. That's awesome. Nice. Uh, my YouTube, I've been putting stuff up. The Roll Hateful 8. I still have to do <laughs> nice. box 2 and number 1, of course, Honorable Mentions. And uh, I am in the PWI this year, 500, number 72. The write-up was trashed. Nice. But they were just trying to be <laughs> and funny. Uh, they did apologize for it, but they were, man, without contacts, it just looks like they bury me. But Damn. props to them for putting me at number 72. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I do appreciate that on their, on their end, and I also appreciate them. They went on Jericho's podcast and talked about how my write-up was trash and apologized for it, but also talked about how cool I was about it. And um, so big props to the PW guys, uh, PWI guys over there. But, yeah, uh, that's it, of course, every Thursday, Access TV or on YouTube. Uh, Impact Wrestling, baby. You can find me, the Mocha Skin Manimal, the Almond Adonis, Lance Luger, Ravishing Rohit Raju. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank right, you. Thanks for coming on. Enjoy that food. Yeah. I will. I will. Two minutes until curtain. Leslie, is everybody in position? Hoagie's still in makeup. Well, get him the fuck out of makeup and behind that piano. Where's Greg? Last I saw, he was out in the concourse arguing with one of the sound guys about how some guy Drew McIntyre deserves so much better. <sighs> Leslie, your job is to make sure Greg is in position. And if you can't do your job, then there's a literal fuck ton of people that would love your job. Hey, what the fuck's going on over here? Chill the fuck out, all right? Drew deserves so much fucking better. Leslie, you're doing a fine fucking job. Keep doing what you're doing. Ah, Jesus Christ. We get a little fucking money, and it's like a fucking rumble in the Bronx around here. Yo, Hogs, what's up? Hi, uh, yeah, Greg? Uh, how about all this, buddy, huh? Prestige Collectives. Pretty damn, uh, prestigious, huh? Uh, see, yeah, yeah, Greg. Uh, how about it? We're going to knock it out of the park tonight, right? Not like the Mets, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Greg, I, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Like, uh, you know, I talked about my friend who had that, like, uh, talk show, remember? And, and people people have been laughing at him instead of laughing with him. Yeah, that fucking moron, yeah? Yeah, so, you know, it's like I kind of been getting a little worse uh, from the perspective of, you know, a third party, like, Last time during the show, the crowd kind of started booing him, you know, which uh, I know he don't like. And I've been worrying that any because my friend is a bad person or nothing, but maybe the people in charge are setting him up, you know, to sort of look that way. I think my friend is so afraid of being weak, being unworthy, or even admitting he's been lucky, being anything other than perfect. That'll never open his mind enough to see he's being set up. God, is he a friend? Uh, is, is he being himself? I, I don't know. I want to be blunt with my friend, but he doesn't take criticism too well. But, you know, it's hard constantly going to bat for someone who doesn't respect you, who doesn't even listen to you sometimes. Well, <clears throat> you know, maybe playing the fool sometimes is... Uh the best he can get. Greg, 
Oh, fuck. Fox Monroe, you scared the fucking shit out of me. One minute. Get Hoagie behind that fucking piano. Hey, uh, wait, wait, Greg. Hey, I'll see you out there, buddy. Hey, what's up, Fox? You to give me another terrible fucking guest? Just taking a look at what a little prestige collective money can do. Oh, can you do me a favor real quick? 20 seconds. Can you just sign this for me, please? the fuck is this? Is this from the lawyers again? Jesus Christ, everyone wants something out of me today. Jesus. Yep, just a little I dotting and T crossing from Last Tycoon to put you officially into Prestige Collective. Shit, Fox, that all sounds great, but I gotta go on. Here, just sign here. Just right here, Greg. Just, we'll talk after, please, Fox. I gotta go out. Everyone's fucking waiting. Wait. Greg. Damn it. Fucking do it, boys. Let's get it. Let's get it. We're gonna fucking smash. Alarm for the city that never sleeps. New York's favorite, Pete's Green. Everybody, what the fuck is up? Welcome to the Greg Goldman Hour. <laughs> Hoagie, how the fuck are you? Uh, you? You know, I'm doing all right, Greg. Can't complain. Always worse uh, stuff to complain about than getting paid to talk and play piano in front of a lot of people. Could be worse. Much, much worse. You know, uh, how are you? I'm pretty fucking terrible. <laughs> You know, this weekend, the Giants got their fucking ass beat by those goddamn Cowboys. Those stupid Braves made it to the AL fucking CS. And oh, my God, fucking WWE, of course, was a complete fucking disaster. Oh, oh, gee. Yeah. Well, when your favorite sports teams lose, that's a that's pretty bad stuff. You know, uh, you know, a next stop genocide, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we're probably going to have another shit guest on here tonight, too. Goddamn, everyone's been driving me, everything has been driving me fucking crazy, Hoagie. Last night I stayed up till 5.30 in the morning wondering what kind of prick was going to be on the show. Oh, oh yeah. So you was uh, pacing around that penthouse? I was hoping, uh, no, I thought that might have been a rat. A rat? Hoagie, we're not in a shitty fucking apartment in Queen anymore. We're on the 81st floor. We live in luxury. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was just kind of thinking about, you know, whoa. What you might have been thinking, and that got me thinking, and I started hoping it was, you know, a rat instead of a, you know, you know what, Greg, never mind. All right, whatever. Hey, it isn't all shit avenue this week, though. Fucking hockey is back this week. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? And guess the fuck what, everyone? You know, we might actually have a half-decent guest on tonight when something like this happens. The New Jersey fucking Devils opened the season with a win in overtime versus those fucking Chicago Blackhawks. Four to fucking three. Hell yeah. Yay! <laughs> yeah, Greg, how about that? So I figures that means you're not doing as terrible as you thought. Oh, whatever, Hoagie. They're fucking losing the Seattle Kraken on Tuesday. Heading for a straight letdown, guaranteed against that stupid fucking expansion team. Who the fuck names a team after a fucking hairline fracture anyways? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably that, Greg. You know, not that, you know, 
mythical tentacled beasts that uh, appeared in one of those uh, Pirates of the Caribbean sequels. Yeah, it's probably just a crack. Yeah, I got no idea what you're talking about, Hoagie. Oh, All right, okay. anyways, let's fucking dive head first into the cesspool that was the World Wrestling Entertainment this week. Hey, hey, Goldman, you suck. You stink on ice. Uh, anyway, WWE, man, it was so fucking bad this week. Goldman, Goldman, you stink, dude. It was absolute fucking shit. Let me tell you, I was fucking... Greg Goldman, you are the fucking dumbest person I have ever. Uh, hi, what the fuck do you want? No, you, you hired me. You stink, Greg. You're a total loser. Oh, yeah? And who the fuck are you? I'm Smackboy. Well, fuck you, Smackboy. Why don't you come down here and fucking say it to my face? You don't want me to do that. You don't want to end up like Mikey's brother. Who the fuck is that? Just a Eastern person. Oh, well, I guess he's technically still is. Ah, shit. Yeah, fuck you, Greg. You, uh, you stink. You are terrible at having a show. Ladies and gentlemen, we just can't keep fucking assholes from coming on this show. It all started with Cornette and now fucking... Cornette? You mean Jim Cornette? Yeah, what about him? I can't stand that motherfucker. I got that squeaky voice and shitty opinions. Yeah, I fucking ate that guy too. He was fucking actually on the show. No kidding. Yeah, well, fuck. Hey, at least we see eye to eye on that, right? Fuck Cornette. Yeah, fuck Cornette. Well, all right. All right, all right. Fuck it. Let's talk some WWE, folks. All right, so we're headed into Saudi Arabia, right? Which is like the fucking house show that's like WrestleMania, right? So we got the King of the Ring tournament that's happening. The finals are happening at that show. And they have got probably the fucking perfect storyline for Xavier Woods. Now, Xavier Woods, he fucking, he wanted to win this so bad. It's like his childhood dream, the reason he came to WWE in the first place, right? And so they built the bracket, and it seems pretty clear that he might have to face his own tag team partner in the semifinals. Hokey, doesn't that sound fucking intense? Huh? What? Are you talking to me? Yeah, he's fucking, he's wrestling his, he might have to wrestle his own tag team partner oh, to like accomplish his dream. That's fucking intense, oh, right? Geez, he's wrestling his brother in, uh, in Africa. That's terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah, go on. You, you'd think that's what's going to happen because like they released the bracket and it seems pretty clear because Kofi Kingston's scheduled to face Jinder Mahal, who's a Jabba. But then Jinder wins. Like, what the fuck? Kofi Kingston has been winning matches with the New Day and been in this big fucking deal. And what the fuck has Jinder been doing? Losing to Drew. And he fucking deserved way better than fucking Jinder. <laughs> so now Woods is going to have to face Jinder and it's probably not even going to be a good match. And fucking Jinder's probably going to fucking win. And, you know, with Jinder over and fucking, you know. All right. I'm getting ahead of myself. This king of the ring. It's got my head on his fucking swivel. All right. I am having such a hard fucking time keeping track of who they do and do not want to fucking push on Monday Night Raw and on SmackDown. Because Selena Vega over on SmackDown, she's been fucking losing like crazy. Like she came back and lost a million fucking matches. And all of a sudden, she's three in a row in this in the tournament, in the women's fucking queen of the ring shit. You know, Hoagie, I got to tell you something about WWE is that I hey, what's that? I have been so fucking it's been so hard to watch WWE that somehow my only escape is when I turn on a fucking Tuesdays and turn into WWE's f- fucking NXT because every goddamn week, Braun Breaker is doing something that is changing the goddamn wrestling business. That kid, he's facing fucking Champa now. 
and he's probably going to win the title and be the best thing in the world, you know? That's that. And you know what? You know what Braun Breaker would be good for? The ratings. Mm. But you know what? Say it with me, folks. Ratings mean shit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the ratings report. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to talk about the ratings because once again, this week, Monday Night Raw has had the most viewers out of any show this week. That's right. Once again, Monday Night Raw has got the big win. Sure, maybe Dynamite hasn't happened yet. And maybe the Rampage ratings haven't come out yet. But Monday Night Raw is still number one in the week. And it's been really funny because it's been getting to Vince and Tony Khan, it seems, because they've been going back and forth about SmackDown and Rampage with the ratings this week. They've been fucking, you know, Tony Khan was like, oh, I'll put a really good free match. And then Vince McMahon was like, well, you don't get fucking commercials for half an hour. And then Tony Khan was like, well, my show's better. And you know what? Fucking Tony Khan, that piece of shit. You know what? Hey, Hoagie, I got a joke for you. You want to hear this one? Uh, sure. All right. Knock, knock. Uh, who's there, Greg? Tony Khan. Tony Khan who? Tony Khan's a fucking asshole and he can eat my dick. <laughs> you like that one, Ogie? I Sure. It's fucking hilarious. All right, all right. Enough about these fucking ratings. Fuck them. We got to get on to something probably even fucking worse. Our next fucking guess. Let's see who the fucking prick is, folks. Uh, uh Wait. Before you open that, Greg, um, you know, my friend I was telling you about backstage, he's got that talk show, ain't been happy with his guests. So I was thinking if he asked me for a little advice, I'd tell him, you know, no matter who it is to try and, you know, be positive and maybe a little thankful that he's got a talk show in the first place is maybe what I would tell my friend before. He introduced his next guest. Well, I, I think your friend, I think he's happy he's got his own fucking show. And, you know, I think he's trying to be positive, but I can imagine he's tired of getting a big pile of fucking shit on his doorstep each week. <sighs> well, oh, you know what? Maybe. Uh, OK. OK, Greg. Oh, shit. Fuck. Really? What? Well, hey, fuck it. Ladies and gentlemen, we got fucking Ryback this evening. Fucking Ryback, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Shit, dude's one of the greatest Intercontinental Champions of all fucking time. One of my favorite fucking wrestlers. Huh? Well, I, I, I can't believe it. Well, my friend couldn't believe that that worked. Thank fucking God, ladies and gentlemen. I swear, if we were going to have to have one more shitty guest, I was going to fucking lose it. All right, pal. Let's uh, hop right into, I guess it would be the Rampage buy-in from Friday night, October 15th, which was a direct uh, response to WWE and Vince McMahon running SmackDown for a half hour into Rampage, and then it caused a whole dick measuring contest between Vince McMahon and Tony Khan, which I'm not too upset about. I think it was hilarious to just kind of see the back and forth, and then now SmackDown's going commercial free, and Tony Khan's like, I have more money than that. (laughs) It's just fucking absurd, but 
Hey, we got a Brian Danielson Minoru Suzuki match on free, not even television, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And Bo, we finally got to see the Minoru Suzuki that we have seen in our unaired, if you recall, match against AJ Styles back in 2014. And that I've talked to you about and talked about on this show, the tough badass from New Japan, stiff, strong style, even though he's 52 years old, you couldn't tell. We haven't talked about this match even off air yet, so I would love to know what you thought. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was nice that even though it ended the buy-in show and there's literally a countdown to Rampage, which I was kind of <laughs> like, I didn't think they needed that. Yeah. Um, they, uh, like, a lot of his matches have felt compressed at, like, the end of a show. You know, that they've yes. thrown it in there and that they haven't had a lot of time. And even though this was in the exact same spot, um, they obviously gave it a lot more time. They gave it, I think, over... You know, it from got like almost 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I was about to and say. And yeah, the Suzuki mocks here in Cincinnati that we were so fired up about, I think it got about eight minutes. Yeah. So yeah, great point. And no commercials. No commercials. No, yes. no, no commercials. <laughs> and that to, helps. To like, you know, stick their ugly thumb in there. But uh, God, yeah. yeah uh, good. No, like, and it definitely kind of took its time. It wasn't like the fastest thing in the world, but, you know, it was really fun to see them doing like sort of the chops and the hit back and forth and see who, you know. And asking um, for it, like, I want more, and that's such classic New Japan. You've seen a little bit of that, like, one guy takes a shot, and then the other guy just stands there and is ready yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. and there there was a lot of that, and it, it, it kind of had a very deliberate pace, but I don't yes. mean that as a criticism. No, very similar to Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson, too. Like, you know, the crowd was so into that, and, you know, it did kind of have that deliberate start as well. But again, not in a bad way, in a, in a great way, because the match built so perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I loved like the one strike, probably in the first five minutes after they were exchanging somewhere, Suzuki really cocked back and took Danielson to the ground. And he was just like, looked like he'd been knocked out. And I mean, just great selling by everyone there. But mm-hmm. the sound Suzuki can make on some of those strikes. And, you know, it's sometimes I don't know if they're real or how they're making this noise. Cause I'm looking and I'm not seeing any leg slaps or anything. And it's just, it's wild, but uh, what a battle of attrition this was. Yeah. Good way of putting um, it. So there's a wrestler you don't know named cheeseburger, which is classic. And he's literally probably like five, eight, one thirty. Like that's tiny his name. Guy. Is he, is he like a cheeseburger? Is he a joke? Kind wrestler? Of, yeah. He's kind of a comedy guy, but he's not bad. So I think, he was in Ring of Honor, still might be. But anyway, I saw he tweeted something about the match saying that in 20 minutes, it only had three bumps one and one near fall. Yeah. But just like the testament to the facial expressions, the body language and the emotion, like how good was that match? Three bumps, one near fall for oh, 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah, this match had the gift of gab because there was a lot of selling and selling yes. was the name of the game. Yes, and expert selling by both guys. Yeah, and, and, I, just... and that's where like kind of the drama was, I think, in mm-hmm. kind of in, in kind of that, and that's 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 unique. Yes, uh, I mean, yeah, this is not a type of match you see on American television too often, and you know we're going to start seeing a little more with guys like this here. And man, just can't say enough about how damn good Brian Danielson is too. I mean, since he's got here. Four matches with Kenny Omega, five stars by me. Nick Jackson, probably four stars by me. That eight-man tag last week, four and a quarter stars, probably four and a half without the botch. And then this match, four and a half, four and three quarter. Like, just the quality. And they're so different matches with different opponents. It's just like, 
you know, we talk about CM Punk and we talk about Brian Danielson. One of them is up here right now and one yeah. of them is kind of down here. Yeah. And if CM Punk wasn't on commentary because he's fucking killing it on commentary, yeah. he'd be even a little further down. And we'll get into that. But oh, yeah, I mean, they're paying man. him for his mouth at this point <laughs> and, and just sort of his his persona rah, versus, rah. versus his in-ring skills. Um, one question I do have to ask you is... Uh, so they showed Suzuki, they showed his AEW record. And I obviously, you know, I don't think there's been a big all elite tree, but how long is he going to be around? You think? Cause you know, so I don't know because I think he'll be around as long as he and new Japan will let him be around. So that's yeah. the thing. Like the G one's been going on, which you know that he's not in it. So it's given him an opportunity to be over here and do, do all these matches. And I know he's going to be doing more in new Japan, America, and he's been in GCW. So I don't know. Um, you know, it's not like in New Japan, they've got enough guys. It's not like Suzuki is the most key player over there. Like his value is higher over here and it's still promoting New Japan, of course. So it, it reminds me of like, you know, old like Premier League players going to the MLS. Yeah, going yeah, on it's, loan. It's going yeah. on loan. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what it kind of reminds me of a little bit. Yeah. So we'll take him as long as uh, New Japan will let him here and uh, – yeah, I'm glad you finally got you and everyone else who hadn't really seen much of more Minoru Suzuki before this really got to see this vintage performance. And man, Brian Danielson's just so fucking good. But yeah, uh, yeah thank you, Vince, and thank you, Tony, for and, and, th uh, and thank you, Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I actually another so thing. I, I, another thing I want to ask you too is: Is this the first time Vince and Tony Khan have actually had like an exchange? Like I that? think to this level, yeah. And I mean, I don't know if Vince has been as direct. Like Tony Khan is just tweet. Like he tweets. You know, yeah. he, he's not like I think Vince. It's been more indirect. You know, it's not yeah. really him coming out and saying shit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, again, we've talked about it. Like I haven't always loved when like. AEW will take shots at WWE on TV. I mean, sometimes yeah. it's just in poor taste, but like for this, I'm here for it. Cause like competition breeds, comp you know, bleh, competition breeds good wrestling. And like, again, we wouldn't have seen Minoru Suzuki versus Danielson on YouTube had none of this happened. You know, right. they were probably saving that match. Yeah. Could have been for full gear. Now, you know, we'll get into a little bit of that later, but. Yeah, I'm here for it, and uh, you know it, it is starting to feel a little bit like the the old Monday Night Wars of old, and uh, yeah, I'm sure the intensity will probably just keep ramping up as uh, AEW continues to make waves. There was one really funny tweet I have to share share with you. I, I don't know what it is was verbatim, but it was some like WWE supporter, and they were talking about like, oh, we need to appreciate Vince, and he said he's wrestling Stan Lee, and like that killed me <laughs> but like i guess it's kind of true but it's kind of funny to think that oh yeah wrestling stan lee is this this big angry you know yeah uh, yeah yeah well that's a geek yeah it killed me oh man well so other other show other matches on the buy-in were ty conti defeating santana garrett who she was in nxt i think she's only had a couple matches here you know, fine little opening match. Sure. And then Bobby Fish defeated Lee Moriarty in like a seven, eight minute match that I really liked. Uh, mm -hmm. Moriarty, I can't remember who he had wrestled, but it was here in Cincy on Dark and he got the contract from Tony Khan after. That was the first time I'd ever seen him. It's a name I'd heard a lot of on the indies. 
and the guy can go. I mean, he's technically sound. He's quick. He's smooth. And Bobby Fish was a perfect opponent for him. Um, yeah, just two two nice, solid matches. I mean, nothing to write home about here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, similarly on kind of the Rampage main show, I mean, nothing tops the Danielson-Suzuki uh, match for sure. But let's talk a little CM Punk in the ring. He had, you know, a very nice match with Matt Seidel, about 15 minutes. Very technical, you know, mm-hmm. with Seidel being a little more flippy, a little more flying. Yeah, you know, this, was, this, show- was, this was very twisty. Like, they're playing a game yeah. twister, you know. <laughs> yeah, he showed very, off very, more very of his Matt-based. Te- Yeah, more of his technical skills. And Matt Seidel, I'm just going to say it, is one of the most underrated wrestlers on the roster. I mean, anytime he's put out there, you know, he got Andrade's first match, and Andrade wasn't the best in it. But, mm-hmm. like, anytime he's been out there, he's always entertaining, whether it's with a tag team with his brother or Dante Martin or in singles action, like the guy gets the job done. You know, he's not here. He's not going to get be here to win titles and whatever, but I'd like to see him in a little bit more meaningful stuff. But CM Punk, he's had four matches now. They've all been, you know, solid to good for sure. Like I'm not complaining about anything. They're all probably three and a half to four stars ish. Um, I've enjoyed it. It's awesome having him back. You know, I think he's clearly just working through some rust and what have you. And I, and it's like we talked about last week. The man just needs a feud. The man needs a storyline. Like I'm already getting a little tired of just trotting him out there against an opponent. You know, he's going to win with no story. Again, I'm not complaining. I love the guy. I'm so happy he's back. And on commentary, he's fucking killing it. He was so funny on Dynamite last night. We'll get into. But, yeah, we just need some drama with the CM Punk, the wrestler. And we talked Ricky Starks last week. I don't know. Did you see the leaked full gear card from Tony Khan's notebook? Did that tweet nope. make it to you? Uh, I did not. It started uh. circulating like three days ago. Someone was interviewing him with the Jaguars, got a picture of a notebook, and it had a bunch of matches written down. And it seems like it's pretty similar to what Full Gear might be. He addressed it, and he's like, it was just me making notes, and some of it may happen, blah, blah. But I want to bring up, on that sheet was CM Punk versus Wardlow, which... I would love to see. Yeah. And again, maybe it's not going to happen yet at full gear. There's enough time. We've got a basically a month to get there, but no storyline whatsoever in that direction. Now, you know, he's been kind of having this mini feud with team Taz, but if it's Ricky Starks, great. If it's Wardlow, great. I would love to see either one of those, but let's give him something to do because yep. the same song and dance is going to run its course. And maybe that's what they want and they'll turn him heel like we talked about last week. But yeah. I think it'll be a bit for that. Yeah. And I think it will too. Um, you know, uh, yeah. And like to Graham's point last week, you know, they like so much time, you know, I noticed as I was, you know, watching, watching the shows, which I didn't watch them as they aired you know like intro music and stuff like that like that is yeah. like so much of what what, what they're kind of doing with him is just like letting everyone <laughs> applaud it and like yeah like that, that that's kind of all it's been and yeah it, it is getting a little old yeah yeah and again the matches have been good not great um you know i'm not complaining We're, it's gonna be great but uh let's uh let's switch it up a little bit yes um otherwise we had ruby soho defeating the bunny with the backslide 
The highlight here for me was Ruby Soho's gear and her white shoes. I thought this looked really slick. Um, yeah. And we got a knuckle duster from Penelope Ford after the match again. Yeah, I have a, I have a new name for them, those two. I'm oh, going to call them those the, two? The, the Mean Girls. Okay, yeah. Or, 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 or what was the name? Like, have you ever seen Mean Girls with Lindsay It's Lohan? been a while, yeah. But what, what, it's a what, pretty what good was, film. Yeah, what was that click, that, like the popular girl click called? Because that's, that's going to be their name. On Fridays, we wear pink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking. I forget, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody tell us. On Anyone out there? Um, you know, fine little match. Nothing nothing really to discuss. Uh, it led to Ruby will be fighting Penelope, I think, next week. Um, and then the main event, we had uh, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, and Sammy Guevara losing to uh, Men of the Year, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Junior Dos Santos, former UFC heavyweight champ, making his professional wrestling debut. Not really a shock here in Miami. Keeps the storyline going. You know, they teased on Dynamite this five-on-five tag now that Santana and Ortiz are come, have come back. I'm sure we're probably going to get that at full gear. Um, you know, the match itself was fun. It was chaotic. Uh, I thought Junior Dos Santos looked pretty good for a guy who'd never laced up the wrestling boots before. Like, I could even tell it took him a few minutes to really get acclimated because, uh-huh. like, in MMA, you really are punching people, and in wrestling, you're not. So, yeah. like, you could tell he was kind of holding back a bit, but the guy looked in great shape. Hell, he was in the ring a lot, like, as much as or as anyone on his team, I thought. Yeah. Um, and Jorge Masvidal, of course, got the knee on Jericho. They got the win. And then, you know, Santana and Ortiz return um, to set up the promo on Dynamite. But, uh, yeah, what do you got? Yeah, you know, I thought it was a pretty, you know, just overall, just a fun match. Uh, you know, I think in terms of time people spend in the ring, if there's one flaw, it's that. Because um, what was his name? Um, Dos Santos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in there a lot. And also Jericho was in there a lot, you know. Um, yeah. and, I, and I just kind of think like, you know, with a non-wrestling guy, I guess Jericho's a good person to have in there because, you know, he's older, a little bit slower, you know, a little bit more deliberate. But I don't know. I kind of wanted to see Sammy a little bit more. But yeah, I don't th- and when I don't, he was I, in there, it was pretty electric. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I, I assume AEW didn't want their TNT champ to get beat up too much or to kind of look bad. Um, so, yeah. And clearly they're probably saving a little bit for this bigger match that is to come. So, but yeah, it was a fun uh rampage main event so uh let's swing into saturday night dynamite um and this kicked off with uh malachi black defeating dante martin and what i thought was without a doubt malachi ah, malachi black's best performance and match to date i thought he looked very smooth his selling was great he had a great sense of urgency and just like kind of how quickly he was slapping on these submission moves and turning them over and Great salesmanship, and of course, Dante Martin always looks good, always entertaining, very flippy. I like how he had the black paint just, like, stained on his face for the match. Yeah, I I was wondering what that was. I think it was from his from Malachi's. It was just brushed up his face paint, I'm guessing. You know, it just looked funny, but loved the subtlety of, like, him having the half crab on. You think he's going to tap out, and he sold the ribs. Like, that's just not something you see a ton, and, like, clearly it just got to him. Um, and, and also ended- Dante's kneecap too. Like that actually looked like, you know, yeah. that was maybe more than legitimately so because he landed right on it. Yeah, you're right. You're a right. Couple rough um, moves. Yeah. But yeah, I thought this was such a fun match again, just a great, another great hot opener. 
Even Leo Rush didn't really bother me this week. And I'll admit, I watched one of his um, New Japan matches from New Japan Strong recently. The guy is pretty good. You know, the character's annoying. I do like that they've kind of added that he's been getting business advice from Tony Khan. So, you know, I'm a little more here for it than I have been. And I guess it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see him in the ring. And, yeah. you know, they did say that him and Dante are now going to be a tag team, which I mean, I feel like Darius Martin has been out a while now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For, for about I was thinking like for about half the time we've done the show. Maybe yeah. More. So like, like, it must I be wonder, a bad knee injury. Was it like ACL, remember, NCL, something yeah, like that? Yeah, I would guess. I remember when he went out like it heard like it could be up to a year. But Jeez. so I wonder if, you know, when he comes back. If Derry or if Dante and Leo are established as a tag team, what's going to happen? But I don't know. Interesting stuff. But one other note about Malachi Black that I thought was interesting that I read on Reddit. Did you catch how at the end he kind of gave him that little nod, like Mm -hmm. of respect? Um, Mm -hmm. That's not been a character trait of Malachi Black at all. So people are kind of speculating that there's going to be like, an internal Malachi Black Tommy End kind of character switch back and forth. And then yeah. that was like Tommy End kind of giving him the head nod. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I think it's very, a very interesting thought. And it's something I would definitely be here for. But uh, I love the match. And uh, I can't believe they're doing him versus Cody again next week. I thought they would save that for full gear. And we'll get to the segment later because I'm sure you're going to have some thoughts on it. And hopefully Mm -hmm. any closed captioning uh, things to report this week? No, not really. You know, I think, I I think you know, maybe the poor guy got fired or replaced or whatnot, but it it was smooth sailing. Yeah, maybe he went to a different shoal. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, great stuff. Um, another awesome black mass kick. And then backstage, the Bucks super kicked Jungle Boy, and they finally got that power bomb on Luchasaurus. So continuing that little story, Cole had Jungle Boy in the submission hold. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to the inner circle in American top team promo battle, which you know was fine i thought it was pretty funny when jericho was ripping on Paige van sant and called her a bitch and was like i wouldn't touch you with their husband's genitalia and one of them on commentary i can't remember was like i would or something like (laughs) it's like i bet he would yeah she's a good looking woman um lambert obviously getting shit on here what's fat face dipshit champ you know always fun and the crowd Um, and the the local crowd booting which like being like the um you know, it's much criticism that that we've given it. You know, this sort of him as a heel is is effective and functional. Yes, no, I agree. I think, and I, if, I don't think it, you know, I loved it out of the gate. I think we both kind of did, and then it just got to the point again, kind of with CM Punk. It's like it just plateaued, and it didn't seem to be going anywhere. Yeah. And then they got Jericho involved, and now it is. And the guy obviously is like the biggest heat magnet we've seen here. Um, and you know, I don't think it's necessarily go away, turn off the TV heat either. Cause the guy is, you know, pretty entertaining and funny and he's completely over the top. And I feel like he has gotten past his millennial soft, small wrestler, you know, kind of the same yeah. trope he was doing every week because now there's a feud and he can mm-hmm. rip on the inner circle jerk needing an extra hand and whatever else. So it's at least different content. And, uh, I would guess the inner circle wins the match whether it's at full gear or next dynamite or whatever. Right. And then (laughs) the surprise of the 
what was it? La Super Ranas yeah, the, defeating the, the Lucha Bros for the Triple H Championships. I mean, I love how CM Punk called it on commentary immediately. He's like, that's FTR. And I don't know if he was like, I think feel like he did kind of jump the gun and spoil it uh, yeah, yeah. a little bit, but I wasn't upset about it. Uh, as soon as they unmasked, I'm like, they better fucking win this match. Because yeah. if you job out FTR yet again in this way, Mm-hmm. I was going to be mad. And it's the AAA tag titles. It's not the AEW tag titles. So, you know, I'm guessing FTR probably won't hold them for super long, but just for them too, like they have these jackets where it's like WWE tag champs, NXT tag champs, AEW, you know, it's something they pride themselves on. And I think this adds another notch to their belt, getting the AAA tag titles. You know, I thought for what the match was, it was fun and entertaining. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, we've got a ready-made feud likely for the AEW tag titles as well, or they could battle over the AAA. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I thought this was fun. Yeah, no, and especially yeah, if they're going to, if that's going to be the tag team title match in full gear, I'm down for that. Big I goal. would assume so. You know, we've talked a little bit about it needing to be a heel and there's not a ton of heel teams. And I mean, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, like Lambert did mentioning mention them going after the gold, but I don't think that's going to be happening yet. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm all here for it. And um, we already talked about the Leo Rush promo. Oh, and then we had um, MJF getting the payment from Andrade that we saw for yeah. one night only. So. You know, it will be interesting to see if that goes anywhere it was, else. It was, it was fun to see those characters interact because those yeah, are like two very, like, analogous, yes. like, very far apart storylines on the AEW so storyline wheel. So gr- MJF's just so good. Like, yeah. I don't know. He's like, De Niro? Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> all, all, time only. Like, like, all of his, like, and he did this during his promo, too, like, his very pa- uh, patronizing, uh, Spain, yes. like, Spanish-speaking you know, I, I thought that was, you know, because like another thing, I, I guess, you know, to kind of just talk about the entire show, this is Rampage Spy and all of it, um, the, the crowd, you know, chanting C and Otra Base, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yep. all the Spanish scenes, which I thought Popping was really for cool. for Santana's promo in Spanish. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And we'll get a little bit more into MJF uh, later on. And then uh, John Moxley. With a bad attitude, fucking squashes Wheeler Yuta in 47 seconds. And I loved this so much. Mox comes out, beats his ass, and immediately just leaves, jumps the barricade. That's it. Yeah. So this is certainly a bit of a different attitude we've seen from John Moxley. I've been reading things. I think, you know. Well, let's do we just let's jump to the eliminator. Bracket yeah, let's right do that. Because yeah, that like need, is yeah. going to lead into what I'm talking about here. I don't have it all in front of me, but I know it's Mox versus Orange Cassidy. Or no, it's Mox versus 10. Orange Cassidy versus fuck. Who does he have? Uh, Give me a sec to pull it up. Yeah, and then I know on the other side, it's Archer and Kingston and then Danielson and Dustin Rhodes. So we're just whoever in, 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 a, in a bullshit match. <laughs> I hope so. Bullshit match three. Um, oh, fuck. Who's Orange Cassidy wrestling? Uh, hang on, I'm pulling it up. All right, I got it. Uh, he's wrestling Powerhouse Hobbs. Ah, yes. Yeah, and Orange has Powerhouse Hobbs, which is interesting. So, you know, I think we're on a collision course here for Moxley versus Danielson. You know, Probably. I think I w- I would be very surprised if any. 
if the final was anything else. You know, I think it, it's pretty predictable overall. But what like, if it was like Orange versus Danielson. <laughs> Orange versus Kingston. Yeah, that'd be pretty hilarious. <laughs> Dustin Rhodes versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think the Archer Kingston match is very interesting, and you know, the second round matchups are going to be great. Whether it's Danielson versus either of those two. I think I'd prefer to see Kingston, but Archer would also be great. And then Moxley Orange, I mean, come on. Like, that's yeah. not something we've seen. They kind of teed it up this week with him coming out for Wheeler. And, you know, Powerhouse Hobbs could beat Orange Cassidy. But, again, it's gonna, it's likely going to be Moxley versus Danielson. And let's just think big picture title here. You know, the winner gets the title shot to whomever, to whomever wins at full gear, which – I think is going to be Hangman. We don't know that for sure. So I guess it, it really does depend entirely on who wins that match. And I think if Hangman wins the match, Moxley wins the tournament. And I think if Kenny wins the match, Danielson wins the tournament. I guess it's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, back to Mox. If he does, if he is the first challenger for Hangman, I think it's going to be as a heel. And I think this is kind of step one in him turning heel. Because... Yeah. I don't think they're going to do face versus face for Hangman's first title defense. Again, if he wins. Um, and Moxley, you know, he's been a face the whole time. We know he can be a fucking badass heel. Yeah. So what better time than now? Um, and I think him beating da like Danielson, you could kind of play the story of the guy's just been a workhorse since he got here. And he's mm -hmm. had great match after great match after great match. And he's just fucking tired. And Moxley yeah. beat him. And then you could spin into Kenny versus Danielson feud again without the title. Or, again, if Kenny wins, then you have Danielson win the tournament, and then you have that singles match be for the title after the draw. So it makes yeah. perfect sense. So that's kind of where I stand on this. I mean, do you, do you pretty much in agreement here of that's yeah. kind of how things will go? Yeah. You know, I hadn't really kind of thought about it like that, but now that you uh, hashed it out. I hadn't really right. either until I just started talking because I kind of – you know, in my head, I'm like, Hangman's going to win, so Moxley's going to win. But we don't know that. Well, and, you know, I, I, honestly, the way you describe it, I felt like the most interesting result and that, like the, the most like narrative that you could mine from that is having Kenny win at full gear. Um, and then like having that Danielson match, because you've already had that. You're going to kind of abort that for Hangman right now. But then, you know, you kind of come back with that. And then you can have Hangman beat him at Revolution, like you've always said. Yeah. So honestly, like to me, that sounds like the more compelling route. Like it sounds like maximizing or optimizing both of the storylines you got going. So, yeah. Well, so, but if, if Kenny loses, like I said, you could still do Kenny Danielson at revolution or even before, just not for the title, but I'm with you. And I mean, obviously I've preached for what feels like a fucking year of, I want hangman to lose his first and then win it at revolution. But you know what? Now I just want him to fucking win because I'm such a mark and we'll yeah. get into that. But yeah, either way, I mean, I think we're going to get a home run with whatever the match, whether it's winter is coming again this year or whenever that title match is going to be, man, Omega or Moxley hangman would be awesome. And we got yeah. those teases during the battle Royal or the ladder match. So, but yeah, back to Moxley real quick. I loved just what he did last night. And I, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if this is kind of a slight heel pivot, uh, so to speak. Perhaps. But fun stuff. And even more fun was uh, the super click, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Adam Cole, defeating the Dark Order, Evil Uno, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver. 
Man, this match was a, a bond burner, as that mm-hmm. Greg Goldman guy would say. Uh, I loved it. I was entertained from the moment it started. I thought there were so many fun sequences. I loved when they the Silver and Reynolds took the Bucks out when they were going to do the kiss on Adam Cole's cheek, and then they did it to him themselves. And just, you know, the fun comedy stuff aside, it was just a fucking awesome match, and I, I loved it. What would you think? Yeah, no, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a lot of fun too. Um, you know, I kind of, uh, it sucks because I want those dark order guys to get a win. And I just I know. know, and I just know it's not, not, not coming in, in a match like this. And like, you know, they look good, you know, they, they yeah. have that moment where they, they get the box out of the ring and then they're, you know, um, teaming All up those, and doing their, doing their, ta- yep. yeah, their tag team moves on Cole. Um, so I don't know, hopefully they'll team up with Hangman and maybe be able to like snag a win against those guys, you know, um, in the build up to full gear. Yeah. But it, Fun. probably my match of the night um really i'd put yeah i think i think it was i mean i'd put the opener and the main event kind of right there like all three of those like about three and three quarter stars for me you know kind of on the cusp of that four level but i loved love this match uh, again like it was your kind of spot fest very quick oh but, they had the, uh, they had the kiss thing whenever silver yeah and Reynolds, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah kissed him on the tight. cheek yeah that was yeah, funny just yeah. just a lot of fun and yeah, I agree. Let's uh, let's get some Dark Order wins. Come on. Um, oh, and then Jungle Boy came out to make the save after because they left Cutler and he beat the shit out of Cutler with the chair. Well, well, well and, and like this kind of goes to what we're saying. Like, I guess like the Dark Order and um, Jungle Boy, like are both of those people who have beefs with the elite going to kind of like come together yeah. against them, uh, you know, in support of Hangman against uh, Kenny. Yeah, and also Jungle Boy. Was a nod versus- to that. Jungle, I think it was Jungle Boy. Ver- no, it was Cole versus Christian was on Tony Khan's full gear thing, which I think definitely makes sense with, you know, they said Christian was away and he's got a big match at Bound for Glory next week in Impact defending against Josh Alexander. Um, but again, Christian has been aligned with the Jurassic Express against the Elite, so that match would make sense. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, and you could do Bucks versus Jurassic Express again, which we've seen a couple times, but always fun. But yeah, you're right. Uh, and again, with Hangman, like he will get there, but he hasn't mixed with the Dark Order yet. So that's going to be coming on the horizon as well. Yep. Um, and then we have the Cody, our weekly Cody Arn segment. I'll, uh, I'll kick it to you here first. <laughs> I didn't I mean, hate it. I actually didn't hate it. I, I thought. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, I haven't hated any. I've I've enjoyed all of them because it's at least like I'm not going to be rooting for Cody. It's not succeeding in that for me, but it's building intrigue to his character. And again, this upcoming match with Malachi Black again, which I think Malachi should win again. Not even as a fan, I think that's what the story should be. But uh, yeah, you got Red Velvet slapping him, and yeah. you know. So I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, you know, I think like they're they're trying their damnedest to like get people not to boo Cody, but by, by kind of being aware of it. So I think you know that that's kind of the best move. You know, this was a lot more legitimate. It seemed a lot more in their wheelhouse, I guess, because it was a promo that involved actual wrestling, and it wasn't just on like sound like he's reading a poem yeah. off a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah they you know, brought in a lot of knock Cody down a peg. And I love it. He's like getting slapped around. I was like, what the hell's going on here? He's got a bloody lip and yeah. shows Arn shows him the picture of him and dusty. He's like, yeah. Yeah. So Malachi black, you got to get Malachi black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 
And so do you think Cody's going to win this next this next match? Probably. I hope not. Yeah, but let's but I'll leave I, it at that. Yeah, we'll, yeah, let's just leave it at that. Fuck it. <laughs> MJF. He's great. That mm-hmm. jacket was awesome. Love the orange trunks. Yeah. He's just out there shredding everyone. Rips on some fat guy in the crowd that has three chins. Gets the count out for Darby. Uh, again, this was just a uh, top class from top to bottom. Yeah. That's all we got to say. The match is going to be sick. We know it's coming. Just incredible heel work from MJF week in, week out. And then Dr. Britt Baker was ripping on Anna Jay for being a loser and being surrounded by a bunch of losers, and Anna didn't like that. She fucking whacked her. And uh, they're going to be fighting next week on Rampage, not for the title. But, hey, I'm here for it. Yep. And Penelope Ford defeats Kiara Hogan. And the highlight here is the commentary. Where CM Punk just very weirdly asks, without asking, if Kiara Hogan was related to Hulk Hogan, which prompted Excalibur to mention Ben Hogan. And then Tony Schiavone is like, what about Hogan's heroes? And then Jim Ross is just like, that's enough, Tony. And I loved it so much. Yeah, yeah. A lot of lame, like lame joke, too. It was all CM Punk's doing, too. CM Punk was so great on commentary. He had a We're Live pal earlier, which is a shot at Psycho Sid. Um, when Serena Deeb comes up, there's something. But this was just so funny. Really, just JR. Just been, that's enough, Tony. Yeah. Big geek. Uh, you know, Kiara Hogan's been kind of a bit of a jobber since she's been here. But she's always, you know, been fun to watch in the ring. And she's got some flair. Um, and yeah, but the match was a little sloppy at times and we knew Penelope was going to win. So yeah, there we go. And Ruby attacked her after the match. And then there was a fucking sick Miro promo. Like oh, any yeah. of these pre-recorded ones have all been great, but this one, like he's kind of talking to his God and like, why did you do this? Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to uh, come after you, whatever. But again, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was very well produced. He had fire. And, yeah, I mean, Miro's going to come back on a fucking rampage at some point. I, no pun intended, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I kind of wonder, uh, you know, obviously, them dropping this now, maybe have a good match at full gear. Should be cool. Yeah. yeah. And let's get to it. The best promo of Hangman Adam Page's career. Cowboy shit! Um, this was great. We were just talking off air about he hasn't had a promo like this in AEW or maybe really ever, um, you know, where it was your ring. You're the number one story. You're the number one guy challenging for the title. And it's your time. Talk about what's been going on. And he did it with such emotion. And again, he's not the greatest promo and his voice is not the greatest voice. You know, it's kind of got a little Kermit the Frog in it, but like he rose above it all this week. And, mm-hmm. you know, really kind of detailed from the top. Like I told you I was going to be the first champ. I lost to Jericho and then I lost my confidence and then I lost my friends and kind of the build up. And then I got new friends and I started believing in myself and it was just all so good. And the cowboy shit, cowboy shit. And again, who knows what fines TNT paid uh, to say shit that many times, but mm-hmm. Man, I loved it. Um, made me want to run through a fucking wall. Um, and yeah, I can't wait for the match. What'd you think? Yeah, you know, I thought it was pretty, pretty. I'm glad they let, let him do it by himself. Nobody else yes. came out to interrupt it. You know, I think that's kind of what they needed. And then now in the coming weeks, they can do all that hoopla. So. And he didn't mention Kenny at all, I don't think, you know, other than like being his friend and what, like it was all about him and his journey and what he needs to do to get to the top and that the fans, 
have supported him more and more and more and more. And congratulations on having a baby boy, uh, Mr. Page. You know, that he kind of said that in the interview last week after Dynamite, but it was just kind of weird how they did it that I'm like, did that really happen? But uh, yeah, so congrats. And, you know, he addressed it right. He's like, and I walked away from the hottest run of my career so I could be with my wife and we have a beautiful baby. Like he was very just straightforward with everything. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a lot of realism in that too, you know, like wrestling storyline aside, I think there was a lot of realism here because he was calling the fifth guy of all these guys that came in together. He's not an executive vice president. The other four are, you know, he was with them the whole time. So like he had to prove something and he had to do it alone. And I fucking loved it. For damn sure. Yeah, so uh, I just can't wait to see how this uh, story twists and turns uh, to full gear. But uh, yeah, awesome shit. And then the main event, Brian Danielson defeated Bobby Fish with a fucking vicious heel hook. And I love how the announcers referenced the torque he had on it. And I love that he won with that because like it just shows you the variety of ways that Brian Danielson can win matches. And you know, like Bobby Fish was with Lee Moriarty, like just a great matchup of styles. He had that top rope Falcon arrow towards the end of the match that was pretty vicious. And uh, hell, Bobby Fish has been on TV three times in the last eight days. And, you know, who knows what his kind of long-term future is here. And they keep adding guys and adding guys and adding guys. And, you know, it's all working out right now, and Bobby Fish has been pretty good. So it's some uh, serious but, work for Danielson, too. Like two pretty long two, it, two long matches, like back to back days. That's what I'm saying. The story with this eliminator tournament could just be he runs out of gas. Like yeah. the guy's been working hard in these, you know, different opponents, long matches. So yeah, that's good. You know, we're gonna get there, but my pick is officially gonna be Moxley over Danielson in the finals, which right. means I am picking Hangman for full gear. We got a lot of time to get there, uh, but a great weekend of wrestling. Um, yeah, you got anything to put a bow on it here, brother? No, other than that pun you just made. <laughs> okay, uh all right everyone we're back with the goldman hour here for everyone's least favorite part of the show but maybe not this week who knows hoagie right uh yeah sure greg yeah i mean i can't discern any sort of pattern here with the guests you know none of them are like qualified to talk about the subject i have a history of success in the industry yeah oh everybody is just just the worst right right you fucking are hoagie ladies and gentlemen how's the appetite are you getting hungry well me too because our next guest is starving and it's my fucking honor to welcome one of my favorite wrestlers one of the greatest goddamn intercontinental champions of all fucking time ladies and gentlemen ryback How the fuck are you, big guy? I'm good, Greg. Thanks for having me. My shoulder's almost fully healed to get back in the ring to feast. Also been dealing with Mark's putting fake shit about me on Wikipedia. Maybe you can help. They're saying to make ends meet before WWE, I used to give UNLV athletes oral sex. (laughs) Don't like people making that shit up about the big guy. 
Oh, shit, yeah. We'll get more into what you've been doing a little later. All right, so big guy, tell me. What was it like carrying Daniel Bryan, Kane, and The Shield to one of the greatest fucking matches in WWE history? Oh, shit. That was a good one. Well, it was The Shield's first match on the roster. and Vince knew I was the biggest star in that match, so he trusted me to carry the ball. His big-ass shoulders, you know. Those Shield guys are cool and all, but I don't think they ever would have gotten to the point they're at today without me in that match. And Kane and Daniel Bryan... Both have always been bums in my book. Jesus Christ. (laughs) You got that right. And now Brian and John Moxley are working in that fucking shit heap of AEW. Who the fuck is John Moxley? That fucking lunatic guy who was Dean Ambrose in WWE. Oh, yeah. He's a bum, too. Jesus. (laughs) That AEW's company full of shrimps waiting to be eaten. And I'm getting hungry. Yeah, yeah. I think you're the only fucking thing that can save that garbage can of a company. So, Ryback, let me ask you. Who is your favorite person in WWE to beat the absolute shit out of? Oh, little Greg, that's easy. AJ Styles. With him, Vince always gave me the marching order to squash that little fucking twerp. And that's what I did time and time again. You know, I was supposed to squash him at WrestleMania 32. But Vince said AJ was shitting his pants too much. You know, the spotlight and all. So he jobbed out to that asshole Chris Jericho instead. We all know the Feed Me Morons want that WrestleMania match with Styles. Vince told me he's going to give it to me. Uh, uh, Hi, uh, Mr. Ryback, sir. Might that be the WrestleMania where you jobbed out to Callisto in the opener of the pre-show? What? Me, the pre-show stopper? Who the fuck are you? Oh, um, I am Hoagie, Mr. Ryback, sir. (laughs) Hoagie, you better watch the fuck out, or I may just have to eat you like many other Hoagies in my day. (gasps) All right, simmer down, simmer down. Hoagie's cool. Let's press on with this fucking awesome-ass interview. (laughs) I'm just kidding, Hoags. Gone vegan now. (laughs) Okay, well, that's uh, that's fortunate for me, then. (laughs) It's a good one, big guy. So I know you came up in the Ohio Valley wrestling, that garbage heap of Louisville, Kentucky. So what do you think about that piece of shit, Jim Cornette? Oh, oh, Greg, I couldn't agree with you more. He's a big piece of shit. You see what I've been saying, ladies and gentlemen? Fucking vindication. He was the first fucking guest on this show, and it was a fucking disaster. But you, you're easily the best fucking guest we've had, right, ladies and gentlemen? All right, so Ryback. What have you been up to all these days? You know, aside from preparing to come back and dominate and bring professional wrestling back to the glory days of the Attitude Era. (laughs) It's exactly what I've been doing. And like you, I've been crushing the podcast game with the Ryback Show. And as I said earlier, rehab is going very well on my shoulder and I should be in the ring very soon. The big guy's got some big goals. First, I'm going to retire that fossil Goldberg. Then I'm going to take the universal title from Roman Reigns. And once I've done that, I'm going to go to that pipsqueak little AEW and take their title too. Hey, fuck yeah. Feed me more. 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 It's feeding time. Well, I did skip lunch today. So, yeah, I I think I'm on the same page. (laughs) All this talk about feeding is making me hungry. You want to talk about food? You've always been a fucking hungry guy. Definitely more so than that bum John Silva on AEW. But 
Mr. Ryback, where do you like to eat? I hope you don't like those fucking awful Philly cheese whiz steaks or whatever the fuck. No, no, fuck Philly. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Fuck Philly. Well, one other thing I've been doing eating lately is that I started my own supplement co company called Big Guy Subs. And I sure have been shoving about 27 of those bad boys down my gullet every day. Aside from that, I used to work at this restaurant in Louisville called Smoky Bones. And they had such great barbecue and wings. <laughs> of course, back then, I loved burgers, steak, pizza, specifically Chicago style. Only Chicago. I'm a Rick Malnati guy, you know? Vegan deep dish is the best. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What the fuck do you mean only Chicago? Hey, what about New York style pizza, huh? Mm. New York style pizza is the fucking worst. The fuck? It's so floppy and greasy and there, there's no mass. I'm a big guy. I need the density and mass of a nice Chicago style pie. The actual fuck? You know, right back, you're a fat piece of fucking shit. Greg, Greg. You're right, Hoagie. <sighs> Be the water, not the rock. Oh, I'm sorry, little Greg. Some guy backstage actually paid me to talk shit about New York style pizza. Never had it. What in the actual fuck are you talking about? Right before I came out here, some guy stopped me backstage and asked if I could find a way to shit on New York pizza, then handed me an envelope full of $100 bills. The, who the fuck did that? Hey, what the fuck's going on over here? Well, what? I, I thought your show was like some sort of like adult make-a-wish thing, where like I'm here to, you know, make your last days a little better. Oh, no, 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 no. That's absolute fucking bullshit. Nobody talks about Greg fucking Goldman that way. Not even you, Ryback. You know what? You fat piece of fucking shit. No, fuck you, Ryback. Get the fuck, fuck you. off of my show. Fuck you. Fuck you. Get off. Fuck you. Come on. Fuck. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I gotta stop the show and figure out this fucking bullshit. I'll see you next week. Jesus fucking Christ. Jesus Christ. What a fucking asshole. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, you guys didn't get along for like 80% of that interview. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a total asshole. Yeah, and whoever, the, whoever paid that fucking guy, like, what kind of fucking asshole would do that? Hey. Jesus fucking Christ, Fox, you scared me again. Just wanted to congratulate you on another excellent show. Oh, and remember that contract I'd asked you to sign earlier? The one to make the jump into the prestige collective official and this upgrade permanent? Oh, shit, yeah, you got a pen? I'll just sign it right here. Uh, wait, Greg. Yeah, Hoax? Uh, hey, Greg, I think, you know, maybe you or we or maybe I could just read through it before signing it. Because, you know, well, well, Greg, my friend, you remember my friend with the talk show? Uh, he actually, he signed something without reading it. And he got kind of screwed. So maybe, maybe. Ah, Hoagie. Can I have a moment with Greg alone, please? Stagehand, get Hoagie out of his makeup. It's running. All right, fine. Greg, just think about it, okay? All right, Greg. Just sign right here by the X. Uh, you know, Fox, uh, Hoagie's right. I need to read it over. It's just things have been moving so fast around here lately. I haven't really had time to, you know stand there and figure out where things are at. 
that and you know pokey's got me thinking i'm out there trying to have a good show and you know where i talk about wrestling but i always end up arguing with some asshole you guys book on here like tonight someone fucking paid ryback to ask that dumb fucking question and there was that fucking heckler and and then everyone out there they're clapping and having a good time so it's like i'm not sure if they are clapping because they think i'm funny smart you know someone they want to hear talk about wrestling or if they're just you know greg greg greggy gregory i get it i really do but you have to give me credit here i'm your agent your booker remember i got you here i'll be honest we've booked these guests because it's no secret that people love to see you argue see you fight See you tear Studio J down board by board with your words swinging around like a wrecking ball. Well, yeah, okay. I like arguing, but I don't like being mad, Fox. You know what I mean? Sure, but you see, Greg, people love a good demolition. And here's the thing. It's not the wrecking ball they're cheering for, or the building, or even the smoke and the rubble remaining. They're rooting for the destruction. So yes, Greg, you being mad or appearing to be, it's a part of that. That I mean, I love having this show, but why would I ever want to seem like I'm mad all the time? Greg, do you want to be like a demolition? Something everyone wants to watch. People just can't help themselves. Then they like you, they follow you, they can't stop talking about you. You mean something to them. Or do you want to be like a condemned building, just sitting there, Broken, empty, and rotting. Nobody cares. I told you. I gotta think. Think about it, Greg. We'll talk next week. I know you'll make the right choice, the right choice, the right choice, the right choice.